Welcome to Tidolo. Oh, good again. Welcome to Tidolo. Oh, what the fuck? <laughs> You're killing What's me, bro. good with yeah. you, bro? <laughs> yeah. Hey, drink some more beer. TD Podcast in the building here. We got Mac back. What's up, Mac? Yo, good to be back. People were worried about you, man. People were worried. We got we got emails, we got texts, we got all kinds of Yeah, you know what? Once you get through customs, you're just in the clear. <laughs> that's that's your only worry. Get through customs. Dog walks by and you're like shaking. Yeah. I just I remember like I was up at like two o'clock in the morning with the baby and I was like Max just on a beach in Cancun. Like, I think I texted you guys up. twice that I was going to die that night. <laughs> <laughs> there was multiple times that I probably was going to die. You would do wellness checks, like, or we or we'd send out a wellness check, and you'd be like, oh, "I'm like still breathing." So yeah. So, yeah. but we're, anyways, we're happy to have him back. B is not in this week, which is kind of bush. His team loses a game, and all of a sudden just doesn't show. It doesn't yeah it disappears. Um, but yeah, we are back. Um, Excited. We had a ton of football from college to the NFL this past weekend. We're going to start there with college, uh, some huge games. Um, actually, before we get into that, Mac picked the drink of the day. Uh, what do we got today? We got Bud Heavies. Bud Heavies. All right. Yeah. What, what made us go with that? And that's just for me and the Bengals fan in the building. Uh, coming off a good victory week. Oh, yeah. Victory always, Monday yesterday. Always taking Bud Heavies as a victory beer. Oh, really? Yeah, All right. yeah, yeah. I'm not a big Bud Heavy guy. I actually hated them for a long time. Yeah. I can get through them, though. Yeah, yeah. We haven't done Bud Heavies either. Sh- shout out my boy, Jovia Jensen Torres, introduced me to Bud Heavies. I've watched him swallow about eight of them in about five minutes. <laughs> you didn't know about them before then? or No. Like, never <laughs> drank them. They, they existed. <laughs> Never drink them. So, anyways, that's drink of the day. Bud heavies. If you know, you know. Um, actually, had a player one time had a Bud heavy tattoo on him. That's besides the point. Jesus. Yeah, logo the Bud heavy. But anyways, um, let's get into college football uh, with K Morg. We had some huge games over the weekend. Tell us about how that went. Crazy games. So, again, Big Ten had some monster games. As if you're watching football, then you obviously knew that number three Ohio State uh, played Penn State. Typically a whiteout game in Happy Valley. Unfortunately, we didn't get the fans in the atmosphere, but still a very competitive ball game. Um, for the most part, competitive, I would say, in the second half. It seemed like Ohio State was going to run away, but I actually respected how Penn State fought and played in that second half. Final score, 38-25. Um, Ohio State rolls. Justin Fields looks great. Um, any any further comments? I mean, they're number three now. Um, I think Ohio State found that running game a little bit that we kind of yeah. asked for. Yeah, that was that was my concern the week before that. I didn't think Teague or uh, Sermon really had it going for them too much, and I think we saw a little bit more out of them. I would say that offensive line improved. Yeah, and I would say that the matchups in the past against these two teams have been decided by less than 11 points up until this point, mm-hmm. and I feel like playing in Happy Valley – that's a serious fan factor. That's yeah. usually their whiteout game. And, and that's it's, what I was going to say. It's usually a massive just mm-hmm. fan atmosphere. Herb you know, touched I feel on like it. that hurts. I I feel like that hurts Penn State a lot. Herb Street touched on it. Fields went for an audible on like the three-yard line. Yeah. And you can hear him clearly. And that was right where the student section would be. That doesn't happen. That doesn't yeah, happen. It doesn't happen. So, it just you know? can't happen. And I don't feel like in the past Penn State has ever been on Ohio State's level. Maybe one year where it was decided by – three points you know but 
I just I don't compare them to Ohio State. Well, when you I, know, look I don't at the think score, they're in the same ballpark. Yeah, and when I look at the score of this game, it's a 13-point final. You know, like I said, I thought Ohio State was going to run with it at one point. But when you don't have the fans of such an emotional game, and right. I think a big part of, you know, these bigger games and these bigger rivalries is, especially in Happy Valley, is you defense plays on emotions. Yeah. You know what I mean? You play on that the atmosphere we've, Charged, we've seen yeah. the the last year yeah. when they were you know had the whiteout game against michigan and they blew out michigan because they had that energy and that fight against yeah. michigan and i just don't think they had that because a 13 point game you know if you have that emotion at home with you know the whiteout game like we've seen in the past this might be a closer ball game we might be talking about something different here but credit to penn state too because the way that game started it was like right. this is going to get ugly really four, fast four plays and a touchdown on the first drive yeah, yeah. this is going to get ugly really fast they looked not as athletic. They looked not as well coached. They yeah. just all around. Yeah. And it's all around sluggish. For them to stay in it like they did, and I mean 13 points still 13 points, but it was you – know, who, who knows if there's an right. know, and a, I'm not saying, emotional backing. I'm not saying by any means that I think they win that game if there are fans there. I just think you get a better ball game. Same. Yeah. yeah, but like I said, you know, shout out to Penn State. They fought that entire game. Yeah. It's tough to do, especially when you're getting blown out in the first half. For but sure. Clifford had – I think two completions in the first half and when I saw for like 20 yards, like they were not moving the ball on offense, but they, you know what? They came back and they have made some incredible catches. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, that one handed, who was that? The one handed snap. Number five. I didn't think his name, that but was he, legit. Was, yeah. he was playing his heart out and he's like kind of the next Penn state receiver. They're talking about, you know, Godwin, Hamler, and now this guy. So, you know, Penn State's a good ball club. They're, you know, they're going to compete. <laughs> toast as far as yes for the they're playoff, yeah. but you know, Even they're still like, going to have a good year for the Penn state. They might not be a bowl team. Well, it sucks. They're zero two. I know. You know, it's, it's yeah. There's not many. And I, I hate because I mean, I I like Penn State to an extent. I just I would like to see that rivalry game happen later in the season. You know, it's a different yeah, year. It's, it's just a different yeah, year. It's, it's just a different just, year. But so either way, Ohio State rolls. I yeah. think we can all agree they look great. Number three team in the country. They're good. Deserving. Yeah. They're really good. Yeah, they're good. So, uh, moving forward, another Big Ten. Number 13, Michigan at the time, goes down to an unranked Michigan State team, 27-24 at home. See, I I saw this game being close. Like, I didn't no, – no way did I see Michigan losing this game. I thought it was way closer than, like, 24 or 22-point spread, wherever it was. But yeah. the fact that Michigan loses this game at home, Milton gets exposed again. I mean, he got th- – not again, but – he was able to get through last week, but not having to do much relying on the defense. He had to throw the ball over 40 times in that game, and that's almost what, 50. If that happens, they lose every time, Yep. no matter who they're playing. yep, They lose every time. The defense did not look as good as against Minnesota. Mm-hmm. And I think that goes to say more how bad Minnesota is. Minnesota's down, coming off a loss against a bad Maryland team. A bad Maryland team, and a, they, they got almost blown out twice, basically. I mean, they, they've lost to Maryland, but... I mean, how hot is... Harbaugh seat. And, I mean, I know that's what we're going to get into. It's on but fire. Yeah. It's on fire. <laughs> so I was looking at the numbers today. I mean, but Michigan State, honestly, when you watch the game, Michigan State should not have been on the same field as Michigan as far as talent-wise goes. At mm-hmm. home, this game should have been close. They come off a bad loss against Rutgers, too. You throw that out the window when it's rivalry oh, Of course. No. You throw, throw all out that the window, stuff. And the difference was Michigan State, like Michigan's – the DNs for Michigan, like we talked about, Payne and Hutchinson, absolute dudes. They were monsters the week before. But Michigan State 
was able to neutralize them. They, you know, they were able, I watched a lot of this game. They were able to double team those guys. They were able to get their quarterback in positive um, play action boot plays, just get them moving, get those D ends confused. So they weren't in trouble. They had zero sacks in that game. Come off a game before Minnesota, they had five plus. So it was a totally, I, I think Michigan State outcoached Michigan from a team that lost to Rutgers the week before. Yeah. And that's, and that's saying a lot. Harbaugh, and here's here's a bad, really bad stat for Harbaugh. He's one in six at home against Michigan State and Ohio State since he's been the head coach there. And that means he's only beat Michigan State once because he's never beat Ohio State. He's never State. beat Ohio State. Right. And that's, that's, a, and that stat. that's at home. That and that's not happen. even including the losses on the road yeah. to both teams. That's just at home. That's just at home. Wow. That's incredible. And they lose in, like, epic fashion, too. They lost on that, that punt a <laughs> yeah. few years back. Oh, my God. That's the worst the thing I've ever punt. seen. And then, or they just get no, blown. No, it wasn't even a fake punt. The punt went behind well, them. Didn't they, they, they go with it. a fake field goal to lose to Michigan State? I don't know. But they, they either lose dramatically yeah, right. they lose very or they dramatic. get crushed. Yeah. It's always a jaw-dropping loss. Yeah, or just, (laughs) I mean, when this goes back, we can kind of touch on what we talked about last week. I think the state of the Big Ten's in trouble without Ohio State. I mean, they're fine with Ohio State. Right, (laughs) but if Ohio State loses, I think the conference is toast. Wisconsin can still do it. But I think they're running out of games. This game's canceled this week, too. Well, the fact that they're not playing games is hurting them. (laughs) Yeah, right. They're just going to run out of time. I mean, the second-best team is Wisconsin, we think. But think, but then Indiana after that, right? I mean, who knows? Who, who knows? Who knows? So I think the Big Ten's in a little bit of trouble. Regardless, yeah. Harbaugh, man, he's oh, he's done. He's done. You think yeah. this is last year? Oh yeah. I, I, how do they bring him back? How? How does this affect? I mean, if he beats Ohio State, I don't yeah. see it happening. But yeah. you you win those big rivalry games, that gives you a reason to bring him back. That's a good point. That's a good I just point. I think I like I said before. I think this season might give him an excuse to kind of stay. One more year, but it's it's tough to say. When he was an it's advocate, a, like let's play, let's play. It's a bad yeah, loss. And, I mean, Michigan at home, they I, lost to Rutgers the week before. It's you a can't bad give him loss. too much of a too much of a too much slack on his leash. Basically, I mean, I every team is going through the same exact thing. No, he's done. I think know, he's done. I every think, team is going through the same. Exact I think that that book is written. Unless he beats Ohio State. Yeah, and it's sad because you want those brands of college football to be good. Yeah, like. Who else is Michigan going to hire besides John Harbaugh? Yeah. Right? I mean, this was supposed to be the biggest hire in the world. This is the, this is the coach that is going to make them better than Ohio State. This supposed is supposed to take him to the promised land, ex, basically. You know, yeah. ex-quarterback there. He won Rose Bowls there before. Like, this was the guy. Yeah. And he had the recruiting classes. He's a Super classes. Bowl coach. Yeah, he he's went a to a Super, Super Bowl. Bowl he, he, he won, you know, Rose Bowls at Stanford, too. Like, so he's had success everywhere except Michigan. So Penn State's done as far as playoffs go. Michi- Michigan's done. Michigan's done. Um, let's talk about another team that's done. Oklahoma State. You know, they were a sleeper. I didn't think I didn't have them winning out. I had them winning this game. I I didn't have them winning out and going to a playoff, but they should have won this game. No, I I said it. I said Texas is an experienced team. Sam Ellinger is going to put up points. I said I loved the over. There was only a, you know, I think it was six and a half, three and a half to six and a half points for a reason. Like I said, because Texas is going to put up points. Oklahoma State's defense did look good, but can Oklahoma's offense score? With Texas's offense, you and know that's were. kind of they what just, college football is almost about they, now. Yeah, they blew it late. I they had a, some mismanage at yeah. the end. I just, I still think they should have won the game. But better teams, especially, should win in overtime. Yeah, but more, experienced teams and experienced quarterbacks win yes. in overtime, and that's what happened with Texas and Ellinger. So, and I this this let's talk about positives for this game. I mean, the, the Texas coach might have saved his job with this win. To be honest, possibly with you. if they win the Big Twelve, 
I think he has to they like still have a shot. They, they they still can. So two losses. I mean, no, there's no team in the Big Twelve that doesn't have a loss anymore. They're Everyone has yeah. lost a game. You can now. write off that conference from going to the playoffs. There's no chance. Yeah. anyone from the Big Twelve is going to the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I mean, and that's what we're kind of looking at because it's such a shortened season. The implications of going to the playoffs is so minute. And I mean, I, no one's happier than Cincinnati right now. I mean, they Love keep me winning, Cincinnati. and all these teams ahead of them keep losing. Yeah. Um, the Big Twelve just wrote its shit. It's done. That's a, yeah. I mean, but Oklahoma State, they're they're effectively done. They were number six. The only way they made a pl- make a playoff is if they go undefeated and they lost to Texas, yeah. who was un- who was unranked yeah. at the time. It's yeah, a bad loss. Yeah. They're done. But, so yeah, that lim- teams just knocked off. Yeah. Boom, boom, boom. So you can eliminate two teams from the Big Ten going. So you get one max with Ohio State. Yeah. Eliminate the Big Twelve. So now you're down on the SEC, ACC. Pack hasn't started yet. And then maybe an at-large, maybe a one-loss ACC, Notre maybe Dame. Cincinnati. Maybe Cincinnati. Maybe BYU. I don't think BYU has a chance. Does anybody, from the, loves does anybody from the pack make the playoff? We'll, we'll get talk into about that, that right now. We're so real quick, that. I do want to touch that. We see the cream of the crop just rising to the top, right? So how, how crushing is it to know that like these teams are going to go – these teams are going to dominate regardless of if they have, you know, a shortfall or a short yeah. scrimmage season. I mean, it's you just see like, that with Ohio State. Yeah, you, see that with you just see these guys rising Alabama. to the top. And how does that make you feel for a full season? You know, like. Yeah, I mean, I, the only thing that I think a really big difference is, is like the NFL where you have preseason games. And you get no preseason, so you see some teams, some of those teams struggle early because they're thrown right in the fire. Whereas in college, you don't really have preseason, but you have those kind of like non-conference. Yeah, you have red versus white. Right. Yeah. Well, you like, have the tune-up FCS games. Yeah, exactly, yeah. the FCS games. Like now you're getting right, right into you conference in play. Like you saw that with Ohio State week one. They had a kind of slow first half, then they turned it on. Now you're seeing the real Ohio State you saw this last weekend. Right. So I think, yeah, like those teams are kind of pulling away early. Well, that's the thing about college football. There's so little room for error. It doesn't There's matter. There's no room like, for error. There's essentially no room for error. There is essentially and, no room. You unless have you're, to be on. Unless your name's Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson. Right. There's no room for error. Right. Like, that's just the way it is. Yeah. So, as Mac mentioned, we have the Pac-12 starting this weekend. This is my conference. I'm a Pac guy through and through. I ride with them. I don't have a favorite college football team, but I will root for who's ever the hottest team and undefeated in the pack for them to just go and get in the playoffs. Yeah. So that's who kind of I rock with. Um, you got two ranked teams with Oregon and USC. Um, I think both those teams are kind of going to battle it out for a conference title. Um, who, do you guys, who do you guys have winning it? Who do you have, who's your winner, K-Morg? For me, it's tough to say because I think every team is – They've every team kind of lost a lot of guys. Yeah, yeah. Outside of a few, a, virtually everyone almost basically lost their quarterback. Except USC, who except brought USC, back. except Arizona State. Arizona State. So there's only a few teams that are stable, but even USC lost. You know, their number one receiver Pittman. They've lost yeah. some defensive guys that were really good last year. They bring back a lot though. USC they returns do. the most in the conference. They got Carr back at running back. Mm-hmm. Um, they returned both starting corners. They return a quarterback who's on the was it the Maxwell list? What's the the uh, Davy O'Brien? The O'Brien list, yeah. yeah. Slovis is on there. Um, yeah, everyone's big on Slovis. Like everyone yeah. thinks he's going to be the guy this year. Obviously, in Southern California, there's a lot of buzz about him. Um, they lose JT Daniels. He obviously takes the job over him. So it's kind of USC's side, especially in the South, to win it. 
I just don't know if I trust it, to be honest with you. Well, it's, it's just, just the coaching. It, it comes it, down to the coaching. That's, that's, that's where that's I'm at, problem. too. That's where I'm at, is USC doesn't have the the successful resume in the past for me to bet on them. You know? Right. It's it's just that they always have that disappointing loss, one or two losses, that it's just like, Every year. Man. So it's Every like, you year. know, that's, yeah. Man. And that's the South. So the South, like I said, it's USC, Arizona, Utah, UCLA. Like, it's kind of a tough tough side because you could see Utah lost a ton of players. They lost the whole defense, I think. Entire secondary, their number one running back. They lost a the ton. Cor- the quarterback's back, right? The quarterback's back, but they lost their entire D-line. It's it's hard to say that Utah is going to be the same team. It's yeah. hard to say. UCLA returns their quarterback, but they were so bad last year. It's like, why would I even talk about them? Arizona State. Great coaching staff. Herm Edwards and Marvin Lewis, who's getting a lot more involved with the defense from what I'm hearing. So Yeah, he's in a new role this year. Yeah, he's in a new role this year. He's kind of taking over the defense side of the ball, but you still have Herm Edwards at the head coaching position and Jalen Daniels at quarterback. you got NFL guys all over that coaching staff. Yeah, it's you, and that's where I kind of take pride in, like, okay, whenever a great coaching staff takes over a program, they become successful. And right. that's what you – know, Oregon on the north side, I trust Mario Cristobal the most over there because he came from Alabama and he's built that program into something really strong now to where they competed and won the Rose Bowl last year. So I give the edge in the south, especially to Arizona State, on the side of coaching with the returning quarterback. Well, you're gonna I, see it. I agree with that, and we're going to find out real quick. Real quick. They've opened up at quick. SC. Yeah. We'll talk about we're that gonna in a We're going to find out we'll talk real about that quick. See. So who, you're, USC is who's your of? conference winner, Kev? Like, if you had to pick, you had to throw money on a conference winner right now, you know, I would actually, I would pick Arizona State. Really? I'd pick Arizona State. The thing with Oregon, Oregon's got a lot of hype going in, but again, brand new quarterback. They had three first round players opt out with That's a corner, huge. a safety, and their best left tackle. Best left tackle in, in best college left, football. And who's going to be a top, top three pick. pick. Yeah, top three. And, and you lose your starting quarterback. So it's, they return their running backs. Like they were, they also lost a few other linemen too from the draft last year. So they lost linebackers. You know yeah. they have a they have a great recruiting class coming in. Oh, they got the kid from Upland. They have an Upland have, guy. Did you see the picture of him? He's a huge. Yeah, he's, he's a freak. Stacked. He's jacked. They have he's a, guy, a freak. They have a middle linebacker from Hawaii that's really good. So they have a great recruiting class coming in. But I just I like the experience and the coaching on Arizona State. So who's your Pac-12 championship game? Who's your North representative? It's yeah. probably Oregon, Oregon Arizona State. I'm if thinking. not, maybe my sleeper could be Stanford. Stanford's interesting. Mm-hmm. Who do we know who won the quarterback? Tanner McKee didn't win it. It was the other kid. Yeah, won it. So it's yeah. David Mills. David Mills. That's right. Mills. Yep. David so Mills. That's interesting. Um, Stan. I mean, that's very interesting to see what. Who, who are your guys' picks? I've been talking no, a lot. I'm, You're for the South. It's Arizona State. Okay. Yeah. And we're going to find out real quick if it's going to be USC or Arizona State. I think Arizona – I'm taking them – I I feel like their quarterback is better than Slovis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'm going with SC. Okay. Um, the reason I'm going with SC is solely because um, the timing of when they play Arizona State. Arizona State's my sleeper team, as I've mentioned previous, yeah. and I still think they're the dark horse. I don't think anyone's really picking them to win the conference. Uh, I think SC is uh, kind of the sexy pick. Um, I just trust Slovis at this point over Daniels, um, but I love Daniels too. So, and yeah. I love the coaching staff. I love Arizona State. I think they're gonna be really good. Um, and the North side, I like Oregon. Oregon. Yeah. Um, Stanford's interesting. They got a really easy schedule. The North is very down. I think this year in comparison to South, yes. Yeah, because I mean Washington State new head coach. Yeah, what's what's going on with Washington and Washington State? How are they this year? Not much. I mean they're both kind of rebuilding. I mean the Washington. Coach retired, yeah. so it's kind of they're in this mode of who are they as its program. So yeah, I mean, I mean, if they went from the top of the top to 
very average the year after, and then he leaves, and now it's kind of like, okay, where are we? I would love for an undefeated Oregon to play an undefeated SC in the Pac-12 championship, which very well could be. Yeah, I would love to see that game. Um, don't sleep on Oregon State. I mean, they okay. they got better and better last year. They turned the they're turning the program around. New coaching staff came in last year. Yeah, they won more games than they were supposed to. Um, the no, they, they had a good set of athletes i would say last yeah. year they weren't terrible last year so new coaching staff um i brand new quarterback from what i hear is going to be at oregon state though so yeah there's a lot of new quarterbacks there's that's a the lot thing. of new quarterbacks in the pack this year. the north is full of new quarterbacks yep. stanford washington state uh oregon state washington have a new quarterback they bring their back i think so well oregon. yeah because it was um the guy on the colts now jacob easton was yeah, at washington easton. last year you got oregon so that's all new quarterbacks up there yeah. so that's a coin flip. It really is. I have USC playing Oregon in the Pac-12 championship with SC winning. Um, Ooh. I have SC, I think. Winning the Pac. Yeah, I think I think this is SC's year. They play Helton saves his job. Helton has to go undefeated and has to win the Pac. <laughs> I, I'm telling you, if he doesn't make that Pac-12 championship game, he's done. He should well, be, though. My sleeper, though, I would not be surprised if it's Arizona State and from the north, anyone else. Like, that's such up for grabs up there. Yeah. I love Oregon the, State, Washington, I, Washington State. I love the coaching staff at Washington State. Those guys came from Hawaii. Hawaii guys. I know you love Hawaii. I love Hawaii. They were well coached last year. Yeah. I think it's going to take them a few years to get their guys and their system, obviously. But they won't take as big a step back as I think people think like they most will. most programs would. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think they're going to be fine. Um, if I had to pick a dark horse in the north, I'm probably going to go deep, deep with Oregon State. Like I like that coaching staff. And yeah. I think another year with them. Um, but yeah, I have Oregon SC SC winning it. If not, I have some deep sleepers: Arizona State, Oregon yeah. State. My my deep sleeper. So my my matchup is ASU Oregon. My sleeper in the North, I think, is Stanford. They're coached well with David Shaw. He's yeah. he's been down. They had a ton of injuries. Been very down. Ton of injuries though the last two years. So I attribute to that. But even last year, at one point with um, God, the Arizona the Mississippi State quarterback that was there last year, like they. They won some ball games and they were ranked pretty high at yeah, one point. They were. They so were. Um, it, it's not like that it's impossible to say because they have Walker Little, who is one of also one of the best tackles in the country. So I I think they're a team, you know, they're always physical. Like we compare them to kind of Wa- or Wisconsin. You know what I mean? If they had a quarterback, they would be elite. That's you know what call. I mean? They haven't really had the great quarterback since Andrew Luck. They had consistent guys that were, you know, making good throws and things like that. Average guys. But they didn't have the arm talent that, you know, say Justin Herbert and the other guys that were end up beating them. But I like David Mills. I think they could be a team with that might out physical a team like Oregon and get to the conference championship. Do you have any prospects? I know we we mentioned the Oregon guys that opted out. Those were the big prospects. Um, Is there anyone that kind of stands out to you in the conference as far as prospects goes? So both guys from Stanford. So, okay. like I said, Walker Little, the left tackle, he's going to be a first-round lineman. Um, and my other guy was Paulson Adebo, the okay. corner from Stanford. He actually oh, opted. Yeah, yeah. Well, he he decided to return for his senior season this year, and right. he was a first-round. He was guy. a first-round grade. Everyone had a first-round grade on him. Yeah, I forgot about him. He's a dude. He can play man coverage with anyone in the country. So I'm excited to see him play, and he's a big reason why I think Stanford's going to compete this year. Nice. Okay, yeah, that's a good nice. call. Um, as we mentioned. You know, how much is that going to hurt Oregon with those guys opting out? Um, I mean, those guys are, you know, like we said, Penny Sway's top three guy. Yeah, he's a top three guy. Does he's that gonna... they take a step back because of that, you think? I mean, you got to, I right? I think you have to. And that's what I said. They, they lost a ton of guys from that team last year on the offensive side of the ball, even the opt-outs, opt-outs on the defensive side of the ball. Javon Holland was supposed to be a first-round safety this year. So 
it's not going to be a cakewalk for Oregon like people think. No, they, I know. they have them ranked high, and people are saying, "Oh, playoff," but. I, I want to see them play before I can just say yeah, they're, it's a, lot of they're new pieces. a team. I, I think that's what they're going to do. I think they're going to wait to see if, you know, what they have in their inventory. And, you know, if they start losing early, it's just going to be a wash of a season. Yeah. You I, know? I, it's, it's, if I, you hit the ground running, I could go see for them being LSU-like this year. That bad? Wow. They just lost a lot. They lost a lot. It's a brand-new quarterback. Their best left tackle, just like they lost Jamar Chase. It's, that's why it, it's lining up for SC. They don't got away. Yeah. They don't have. They didn't have to play Alabama non-conference like they were supposed to. Yeah. They don't got. Oregon play was going to play Ohio State non-conference this year. Jeez that would have been a matchup. <laughs> the matchups we lost. I know. Because of COVID, it's sad. Yeah. Unbelievable. Um, Navy and yeah, Notre Dame in Ireland. In Ireland, we missed out on. Love that. Yeah. Brutal. Um, but really quick, you know, this is SC's year. They got their quarterback back, running back back, great receiver. St. Brown is back. Amon Ra. Amon Ra, the he's the youngest of three, right? Yep. The other ones at Stan, went Stanford. Notre Dame. You got Notre, Notre Dame, Dame, Stanford, and now USC. So Notre Dame to the Packers. Yep. Stanford, and then now the, and this one might be the best one. This one is the best one in my opinion. Yeah. So this one been, is very very good. They've got two receivers. They've got him, and they also got the guy that went to uh, Bishop Amat, Tyler Vaughn's. Really Vons. good. Yeah. Vaughn's, and they bring. And he, back, I feel like he's been there forever. And then they bring the kid in from uh, Centennial. To play slot. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Gary Bryant. Gary yeah, Bryant. They said they're going to use him all over the field. Mm-hmm. Uh, their offense coordinator came out and said he's going to do everything for us. You got Drake Jackson, the other Centennial kid on the other side of the ball, who's a uh, freshman All-American. He's a stud. Uh, you got Elijah Griffin at corner, who's OG. Yeah. Um, so you Warren, have that Warren pieces. G's son, yeah. who's a dude. Yeah. Um, maybe, maybe you're right, CY. Maybe they this got is the USC's year. But the coaching is. Well, that's my thing. They've always had the players. I know. They've always, they've, o- they've always had the players. When they had Sam Darnold and Leonard Williams, they had the players. Right. You know? And they still couldn't get it done then. So when is it their time? Whatever, though. I'm fired up for the pack. Yeah. I'm oh, fired up for the pack. Um, so, yeah, that's the Pac-12 preview. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get a lot of information this week. Um Oh, there's some huge games. Yeah. Huge games. Let's, huge matchups. Yeah. Let's let's get into these matchups. So, starting with number nine, BYU, three-point favorite against number 21, Boise State. Boise State's coming off a good win against Air Force last week. BYU is just rolling. They've been absolutely rolling. They're ranked in the top 10. I mean, pretty surprising to some. Kirk Herbstreit thinks they're a legitimate playoff contender. He has them in their top five, in his top five. Where do you guys see BYU, and where do you see this matchup going for like kind of the college football implications here? Bachmeyer is good, quarterback at Boise State. Yeah, he started as a freshman last year. He's a over in the, Cal California guy. Yeah, SoCal yeah. guy. Um, the uh, Marietta, Marietta Mesa or one of those Marietta, Marietta Valley. Valley, maybe that one. So one of those Marietta schools, local kid. Um, they are good. I when I'm thinking about this game, in my head two scenarios go through my head. The first thing that popped up automatically was statement game for BYU. This okay. is a game where the world's watching, and they still feel like they're not respected like they should be. They're rolling through everyone. Yeah. This is by far the best team they're playing. They might go in there and roll. Or it's blue turf syndrome. They go in there, and they upset, and it's and it's they're a pressing. Bit, a little bit of vertigo. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously, that's two sides of the take. My initial thought is they go in, and they make a statement in this game and win. I think so too. I think B. I think BYU has dominated teams so far this year, um, and I just don't have Boise State being anything for them. Yeah, my biggest takeaway from this game, I look at some of the opponents that 
we've seen a lot of BYU this year. We've seen a lot. A lot. A lot right. of them. They're on the ESPN late games, which I love. But their toughest game was that Houston game. And it wasn't exactly as dominant as the score ended up at. Right. Not as dominant as I thought it would be. And Houston's a weird team, though. I mean, it's hard for me to kind of handicap Houston this year, where are they bad or are they okay or are they, like, show flashes of okay? And that's where I'm kind of worried about BYU in this game because I don't think Houston's that great either. I don't think they're that great. So it's kind of like, and that was by far their toughest game. But is Boise State that good? That's the question. Boise State is always pretty solid defensively. Yeah, but okay. the best quarterback on the field is for BYU. The of best course. player on the field is a BYU quarterback. Yes, I mean, the connection between the BYU quarterback and that number five receiver for them is insane. I think it's Pline or something like that, they're, Pline. They're very well coached. They're Oh, yeah, they're very well coached. He just got an extension. He's doing a great job. I give the edge to BYU. Boise State did not have a super impressive win over Air Force, and Air Force is coming off a loss at San Jose State. So I give the edge to BYU here, but I wouldn't be surprised if this is a I'm very with close you. game. I wouldn't be surprised either. It's either... But I don't think it's if it's close. I think Boise State wins. Yes, but if it's or if not, BYU, BYU blows, blows them out. out. I would like to see BYU blow them out just for the state of okay. Is BYU in the conversation? Oh, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, they'll be that. in the conversation. They beat a ranked team. Boise State will win the rest of their games because yeah. they typically do unless they they lose the big one like this. Yeah. So yeah. it'll be interesting just to add that throw in there. Um, next big game, we have number twenty three Michigan three and a half against number thirteen Indiana. Hammer Indiana. <laughs> That's my squad. I'm rolling with them. Indiana, you know what makes a good team to me in college football? You got these young cats who are 18 to 21. Indiana's coming off one of the most emotional victories in the program history. You hate teams off emotional victories. I hate them. And they came out, and they they were a little slow to start last week, but they found a way to get it done. Rutgers is a good football club, though. And they found a way to get it done. And that makes a good football team to me. Emotional win the week before, coming against an inferior opponent, and you... Find a way to get it done. You just grind it out. Yeah, oh, I love yeah. that. Yeah. So you're hammering Indiana. Yeah, I three think, and a half points. I think Michigan got kicking the balls last week, <laughs> yeah. and I think they're kind of going to flow into that. Yeah, Mac, who do you got? I'm going to take Cody's word for it. Honestly, uh, <laughs> after seeing Michigan and Michigan State, there's no way I would even sniff Michigan. Yeah, yeah. it's hard to take Michigan yeah. in this spot, but it's to me, it's one of those lines. Where it's like. It's three and a half Michigan's favor favor. for Michigan. Something's not right. (laughs) It's almost like everyone is like Indiana, Indiana, where Michigan wins the game. It's one of those lines. It's literally like nothing makes sense. Just take Michigan. Indiana, number 13, higher rank by far, at home, just beat Penn State undefeated. Why are they the underdog here? <laughs> it's just nothing makes sense. But, hey, but, but we bet on Cincinnati, and people doubt Cincinnati every I week, know, too. So I I, I'm with you, though. Like, the line scares me, to be honest <laughs> with you. There's no reason for it. I'm going to take Michigan just because it doesn't make much sense here, and I think Harbaugh is fighting for his job. If he loses this game, I think he's probably toast. I think this is a game where his team might rally around him and get it done. I Still, Joe Milton, He I don't – I don't know if he's the guy there at that program. I really don't know if if he doesn't get this win, he de- he isn't. So gotcha. That's my take. So Pac-12 biggest Pac-12 game by far. ASU at number twenty USC ten and a half point favorite Huge spread. for USC. Huge spread. I actually like SC in this spot. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Arizona State's one of those teams that they they need another couple games under the belt for them to get rolling. Okay. So I have SC covering the ten and a half right here. Wow, you think this is yeah. a but you love ASU. I love ASU. I just think they need a few games, though. It's a rough start for them. Okay. I'm Mac, what are you thinking? I don't know. I don't know who to take here. 
It's a tough. Yeah, I think I'm higher on Daniels than I am on Slovis. I think it's going to be USC's game to lose, but I think they've lost these games in the past. Right. You know, Mm -hmm. where it's like you hope they hit the ground running, the hype is around them, they have the pieces, and it's just like you come up short. So you know, so I think I think that Arizona State is going to run an explosive offense. So you're going to take Arizona State. Yeah. All right. So weird. A couple weird things about this game. It's a 9 a.m. start our time. That's bizarre. It's very bizarre. We it's why is very, it very very rare that never uh, virtually never happens. Nine a.m. and nine a.m. start. Why are time. they? That makes no sense for these. They have to. That means they're getting out the field at like six a.m. in the morning. Yeah, like six thirty. Yeah. What the well, hell? Well, what do we see consistently out of these early games? Though? The stupidest shit I've ever seen in my life. What what I see at least consistently out of these early games is one team comes out real sluggish in the first half yeah. and one team comes out explosive. I think, I think it's going to be think decided both teams in the might second come half. Out sluggish I think the opposite. Both teams are going to come out really? game come one out of the year. Firing? They've been chomping at the bit. No fans. <laughs> Doesn't matter. They're no fans. chomping at the bit to get out there. I think they're both, but the at fact the that they, they made them start at 9 a.m. is That's brutal. the stupidest weird. shit I've ever yeah. seen in my it's life. It's weird. Especially, I mean, both West Coast teams. It's not like you, you what, never play at 9 a.m. What market are you trying to attract? Like, <laughs> put them at night. This is a... Oh, this is a good game. This is yeah, a great game. This is yeah. the... People on the West Coast want to see this at 6 p.m. So, yeah, this is a stupid... I didn't even realize it. Yeah. That's a stupid shit. I saw that this morning, and I was like, that's something we should talk about, because that is very un- unusual, I who, would say. Who do you got, Kmore? I'm riding with ASU. Just because I th- I think they're better coached. I don't okay. I don't trust I anything that Helton's going on over there at USC. I think they probably have the better quarterback, but I think they're just coached better at ASU. So I think their def- uh, ASU's defense will be more ready, more prepared to play this game as opposed to USC's. You got a uh, ASU outright winner. Yeah. Oh wow. Okay. They win this game. All right. So next game on the docket. Well, yeah. Next game. What's the next biggest Pac-12 matchup? Stanford at number twelve. Oregon. Oregon's an eleven point favorite. I like a close game. You like Stanford it, you plays like close. Oregon tough. Yes. I think Oregon wins a close one. Anything to add there? What do you think? <laughs> You're got, high on Stanford. I'm high on Stanford. I like Stanford in the points here. I don't know if they win the game, but I like Stanford plus 11. I just, like I said, I just, it's hard for me to say that Oregon is going to be this explosive right, team. Right, we're assuming they're going to take this step back. Yeah, like, yeah. well, you have to. Yeah. You know what I mean? Given what we've seen with some of the other teams that lost so many pieces, yeah. LSU namely. What does it say if they beat Stanford? If they beat Stanford, then, I don't know. It depends I, on what team Stanford we see. It, right. But, I mean, it's right. a good win. Yeah. It's definitely a good win because you know Stanford's going to be yeah. coached well with David Shaw. They have a, a quarterback that played about half the season, you know, split time with KJ Costello last year with David Mills. So, yeah. um, and they, like I said, they have a great left tackle. They have a great corner. So, yeah, we'll see. You just don't know what you're going to get with Stanford. They had so many injuries last year. So, I like the points here plus eleven for Stanford. I just don't know if they get the win. Yeah, but I'd like to see a close ball game. That is a, a four thirty game on ABC. So yeah, that's going to be your yeah. That'll th- be a good game. I to think watch. that's where I'm at. I would just hope to see a good ball game. I would like to see what what Stanford's coming with and to. Curious to see if Oregon really takes a step back or not, or if they're going to come out and try to win some ball games. Yeah, seriously, try to win some ball games. All right, next biggest one. You have number eight Florida, number five Georgia. Huge game in yeah. Athens. Big Georgia's game. a three and a half point favorite. This is huge. This is this is the SEC East. Yeah, this is the biggest one, and they say that this is both teams' biggest matchup or biggest rivalry. Like they're like, yeah. fuck Florida, Florida State. Fuck Georgia, Georgia Tech, no, Georgia yeah, Auburn, this is this is whatever. Oh, there's the only reason why there's a Georgia-Bama rivalry is because both teams are so good. Like, this is like SEC East, two different states, 
kids growing up loving Spurrier, kids growing up Mark Rick for Georgia. You know, what I mean, it's there's so much history in this game. Yeah. Um, biggest game of the year for both teams. This is bigger than the Georgia Bama game, I believe. Well, it has to be because winner of this is going to go to the championship. Wait, and he has a chance to go to the playoffs still. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I still think both teams are in the mix with one loss. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been on Georgia early. I've been on Georgia the whole time. I'm flipping. I'm going Florida. <laughs> I have Florida win this game. Um, I think they're the better team through this point of the season. Um, Georgia, they, they refuse to make a change at quarterback, and it's holding them back. It's starting to catch up to them. Yeah. I'm going Florida. Let's, Does, let's, doesn't Florida have some suspended players in this game? I'm not sure about that. I think they do. They I'm definitely gonna... find their coach. Yeah. <laughs> but I um, think two defensive linemen. I yes, think they're right. down two defensive linemen. I still think I mean, I think they have too much offense. Yeah. So Well, they're only suspended for a half. Let's let's stay on George's offense because I'm with UCY on a couple things with that offense. They they beat Kentucky last week. They win the ball game 14 to 3 against Kentucky. They put up 14 points again in Kentucky. Kentucky has a pretty good defense. They have no offense, obviously. They have a good defense. But 14 points. Right. With a, a physical Georgia team that has bullied people on the offensive side of the ball. Stetson Bennett only threw the ball like less than 20 times in that game. I it didn't it was not an impressive win by any means. Yeah. It was if but anything. It might it be was a trap game with looking forward to this game. You know what I mean? Like they're like, oh, we got Florida. That's what I'm saying. Are they trying to figure out? figure out a couple things or are they just we've been told from the very beginning this is Florida's year we've been hammered that hammered that hammered right. that they bring back the guys it's gonna be it like now or never yeah this is it this is your game Florida yeah like you laid an egg early and lost but now <laughs> this is your game yeah take care of business who's so. your pick who's your pick Mac I'm gonna take Florida I've been high oh, on Florida yeah. I've been high on their quarterback since day one um I didn't consider Georgia. I didn't think they were. Well, I wouldn't say I, I considered them a bad team. I just didn't think they were capable of winning the championship. No, they're they're, they're very like one dimensional. Yeah, they're I would very like to one see dimensional. Florida. Georgia's got a great defense with no offense. Exactly. They, they've seen it the last couple of weeks now. So, biggest thing for Georgia that I see going into this game is they're down a couple defensive players. They're they're starting safety uh, LeCount. I believe just got in a car accident. So he's yeah, out. he did. Yeah, scary. So yeah. he got in okay. a car accident. He's okay, but he's out for this week. So yeah. that is a big loss for them, considering he might be the guy that's going to be on. Um, who's their tight end? That's an absolute dude. Oh God, what's his name? Damn it, he's he's a beast. He's a beast. He's yeah, a beast. so he would be the guy that would be neutralizing him. I've yeah. been talking about him all year. I can't believe I'm blanking on his name right now. Yeah, but oh yeah, um, he'd be the guy that would be neutralizing him, and now he's out. They have a D lineman that's banged up and a nickel corner that's out. Yeah. So Georgia's banged up. And I think this is a very similar game to that Bama game where Bama's offense is very explosive. Yeah. Florida's offense is very explosive. Can Georgia's offense keep up with the amount of points that Florida's going to inevitably put up? Right. Because I think that's what it comes down to yeah. because Georgia's defense will have some stops early on. Pitts. Kylie Pitts. Pitts. Yeah, yeah, Pitts. Kyle Pitts yeah. for the, for Florida tight end. Yeah. So, like I said, Bama, Florida, they're very similar in the fact that they're going to put up points. You know, like Georgia will neutralize them, maybe, you know, stop them to 14, maybe 10 in the first half. But Two. at the end of the day, it's they're going to overwhelm with points. Can Georgia, Stetson Bennett, can they score 40 points to win that ballgame? Right. That's what this comes down to for me. I agree. Um, it's tough. I like George. I give Georgia the edge just because I think they have a little bit of a better defense. So I'm going to take Georgia here. But again, I would not be surprised at all if Florida won this game. Gotcha. I think it's a tough, tough game for Georgia right now. But you know what? That Georgia always gets up for big games, though. 
They do. I'll give they do. That. They do. And this Kirby is, Smart, he he gets his team ready for these big games. They win these big games, except the ones against Bama. But I don't know. It's a tough call. Yeah, I would like to see Florida win this game. I got Florida. I, yeah, I think that I think that they're going to make it close. I don't think that they're going to be able to hang with the offense. It's tough. I think they're going to find a way to put up points. All okay. right, let's stop beating around the bush. We got the game of the week. Yeah. All right. I'll Number one, it. Clemson. <laughs> At, travels to South Bend for Tay Morgs Irish. Mm-hmm. This is game day. Game day is going to be in game South day Bend. In South Bend, and we don't have J Law. We have no Trevor Lawrence. So oh, T-Law. interesting. Interesting. Dabo Sweeney comes out post game, just says Trevor Lawrence isn't playing. Yeah, like yeah. he's not playing South Bend. Let's just get that out of the way. He can't clear protocols. Yeah, he can't do it. I actually like the move from Dabo to do that. I do too. It I totally. Think that's huge. It just eliminates all distractions from his team. Yeah, like says, think- look. We're not answering any more questions. He's not playing. We're riding with DJ, and we're on to Notre Dame. Yeah. Period. Um, Clemson avoided a scare last week. Big scare. I'll wait to give my picks on this and kind of my breakdown. Who do you have in this game, Matt? I would like to see Notre Dame come out with the win. Do I think they're going to do so? No. So you have Clemson. You have Clemson. I have Clemson. Okay, close one? DJ's coming off, what, 340 and two touchdowns? Yeah, good game. Yeah. He had a great yeah, game. The game, game wasn't yeah. because of him. It was a defense. So, right. Yeah, no. I mean, they made way too many mistakes. I think Boston College looked great. I think Boston College had a great game plan for wh- what they're doing. And um, I, the Clemson offense at first, they weren't like really opening up to DJ's passing abilities at right. first. Yeah. They were dinking and diming. And Boston College was just swarming and doing a really nice job stuffing the run, swarming on uh, receivers. Then when they opened up the passing game is kind of when he was able to get in rhythm and, and start. Yeah, yeah, he wasn't more or less like thinking about things. It was just like, let's just play football. Right. So he looked good. I mean, and here's the other thing about, you know, DJ. He's played on ESPN. He's won a national championship in high school. He's it's not like, like this stage is too big for him. It's not too yeah. big. It's not, a, it's, not, it's not anything he's not experienced even in high school as an 18-year-old kid. But this is the best. Oh yeah, this is the best defense, defense they'll play all year. Not only that, but he'll like he's even close to sniffing in his career. Mm-hmm. So that's a huge like. I think Trevor Lawrence comes in and they win this game outright convincingly with with, with Trevor, Trevor Lawrence. Lawrence with DJ. I, it's tough to say. Like it's tough. It's it's very tough. I where I'm at is they're still going to put up points, like. Clemson's Notre Dame's got a good defense, but it's not as good as shutting them completely down. Etn, DJ's still going to put up. It's Amari still Rogers NFL U. Really it's good. still NFL U. I mean, DJ was the number one quarterback in number one player in the country coming out of high school. So I mean, it's not like it's some slouch backup. Like yeah. he's the future. He has some playing experience. Not like he's first start. I don't think the moment's going to be too big. I think he comes in and puts in points. And these are the games that Ian Book is the worst player on the field. <laughs> like it, it, it's literally like clockwork. It's Ian Book wins, plays good against inferior opponent, plays a good opponent, gets exposed. I think exposed. Will Venable is going to light a fire under their ass of how bad they played on defense last week. And I see Clemson winning in a close one. Okay. Nice. Nice. Close one. So. This is my team. Yeah, this is your opinion. This is my team. This is Notre Dame. (laughs) And I'm, you know, I'm trying to be as unbiased as possible here. But, uh, you know, I I always try to be. Um, It's a tough matchup. Like I said, it's it's a freshman quarterback. Like, I don't think the lights and the stage is too big for him. But I do think this defense might be too big 
for this offense. Like, I know you guys, I, trust me, Amari Rodgers, Travis Etienne, he's the all-time ACC leading rusher now. We're gonna, they might give him the ball 35 times. They might have to, but Notre Dame is stout defensively. But I think Louisville... Very strong defensively. Louisville showed a road they for... Only, they only gave up, what, like six points to Louisville, though? Okay, then in Florida State, I mean... Was they, it 20 points. Who's even Florida State? They only gave up points. like 20 points. Like it's, they're the number. Okay. So offensively, Clemson's number two in offense. Notre Dame's number two in defense. But like I mean, the matchup is on that side of the ball with the backup quarterback. If you watch the Florida State tape, there's a way. No, it was Notre Dame's offense. I Notre Dame's offense needs to play, show up in this game for them to show win. up. They need to yeah. show up. I like the under in this game. It's 51 and a half. I think Notre Dame's defense is going to do a great job of stopping them. I think if it goes under, Notre Dame wins. Uh, I think the over is which is why I for think Notre Dame yeah, wins. That's why, of course. Yeah. <laughs> Again, this is this is as unbiased as possible. It's Notre Dame at home. Like I don't think Ian Book's going to have a great game. I really don't. I think this game they could literally win this game twenty-one to seventeen. What time is this game at? It's a four thirty game. I. It's prime time. They yeah. get fans in Notre Dame too. No, yeah, we get fans in Notre Dame, same as everyone else, about twenty-five to fifty percent capacity. So we've got fans there. We're going to be playing the music. This is Frog D- and Molly's DJ's Frog coming out party. It could be like DJ. We'll so. see. DJ is the truth. Yeah, DJ is the next big thing in college football. I think you get him QB one snaps for the whole week, and him going into Notre Dame. I think he's going to show up. I do too. I yeah. mean, I think I, he's going to show up. I've been a DJ guy since he was a sophomore in high school. He took over that job, mm-hmm. and he didn't skip a beat. Yeah. I mean, the guy blocks his dad on Twitter because he doesn't want to hear about how good he is. Like, think about that. He's that locked Some in and Joe dialed Burrow in mentality. Um, <laughs> And not only that, he's not just a traditional pocket guy. He can run the ball a little bit. He had a rushing 25-yard rushing touchdown last week. Yeah. He is an all-around player. Don't get me wrong. It's a step back from Trevor Lawrence. How no. do you replace that guy? You the don't. number one overall pick. He's a generational you, quarterback. You don't it's replace that. But he is still the best quarterback Notre Dame has played all year. I agree. I and think this is going to be another second-half game. Yeah. I think it's going to be a second-half game. I think Notre Dame is going to stop them in the first half, and it's going to be about the adjustments going in the second half. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think Clemson defense plays a lot better this game, too, because they got embarrassed last week, and I think Venable's going to— But even in that game, the defense didn't play terrible. They had, like, two defensive touchdowns to off turnovers for Boston College. I like, mean, Boston College is no slouch. Yard. Yeah, they had a 99 Boston College is no slouch. Fumble return. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like I said, my pick is Notre Dame. I give the edge to the defense and experience here. Ian Book won't play— special by any means but i think our defense is the difference in this game like we have a great defense this year i could see us definitely swarming dj clemson could make some you know adjustments in the second half like they did against boston college but i think we'll make those adjustments as well yeah it's gonna come down to your defense making those make those adjustments two of the best coaches in college football devil sweetie it's a great matchup it's i'm excited great i'm fired up for this oh yeah um yeah so i mean what i want to talk about with this game so regardless it has an asterisk on it whether you right. say it or not, Trevor Lawrence, he's the number one overall pick. We wanted this game with Trevor Lawrence in it. Guess what? We're not getting it. It is what it is. We have to move on. What route for – is there a route for either team to make the playoff with a loss? Yes. This is the way it has to work. Clems- Notre Dame has to win this game. 100%. Yeah. Notre Dame this has is, to this win is this a game. Yeah, this is not win. a must win Here, for Clemson. And here's no. why. Not Notre, a must if win. Notre Dame loses this game – Without Trevor Lawrence playing the football game, there's no why. Hope. Why would we even have them in the playoffs? <laughs> yeah, there's no. Why right. are you gonna play them? <laughs> right. Like it doesn't even route, make sense. There's a route for both these teams to get in now. I think if Notre Dame wins this game, runs the table, loses the Trevor in the ACC championship game, Notre Dame has a as a one loss. They come in as a four. Could have a chance to come in oh. at four. Well, they 
but like, then it'd be one versus four. You have to play them again. You have to play them again. But then again, well, they might put Clemson at like three, so you wouldn't have that matchup three times. But, yeah, so it's doable. If Clemson loses this game, they can still get in if they run the table. Yes, because yeah. they'll the run the table will and be play like, in the championship. No, Trevor. Right. They'll, they'll get in. We'll but make an exception. Notre Dame loses this game. See you later. I agree. Write their ticket. They're done. I would like to see the one versus four in the playoffs. Oh, yeah. I, I think mean, Ian Book seen that for. That'd be great. <laughs> no, they wouldn't if, if that happened, they yeah, no, if that Clemson happened, would be like two or <laughs> you know, Bama yeah. would end up being one if they yeah. lose this game. You know, and Bama would go to one, Ohio State two. two. Then yeah. we'd, we'd get the Clemson Ohio State rematch, one versus four in Notre Dame Bama. So, like I said, this is an absolute must win for Notre Dame. Must win for Notre like, Dame. They yeah. cannot lose this game. If they lose this game, they're toast. Like I said, it doesn't make sense to put them in a position to even make the playoff. If they lose to a court to QB not two. Trevor Lawrence, yeah. to not QB two, it just but doesn't make sense for it's them. Clemson, like it is that, Clemson. That roster is better than Notre Dame's. Yeah. It's better like, than everyone's roster. It's better than everyone's roster. So I mean, how many other teams does DJ start on? Every a team, lot. yeah, literally a lot. Every outside team. of the top yeah. three, outside of literally Clemson, Ohio State, State. Bama, he might be the starting quarterback. He exactly. exactly. starts in Georgia. Exactly. He you starts know? at all the other top 10 teams. Starts yeah. at Notre Dame. Starts at Cincinnati. Starts wherever Cincinnati, he wants. Cincinnati, easy on my Cincinnati. Slovis guy. No, Ritter. 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 And again, Ritter. Hammer Cincinnati. <laughs> <laughs> if you listen to this podcast. Again, last week. I know. Hammer I know. again over Memphis. All right. Every game. So it doesn't matter. That's our college football. We had a lot of college football talk today. That was fun. Um, huge, huge week. week. Yeah. Like, huge, huge week. week. Pac-12 is back. Notre, no, one versus four, five versus eight. This is what this we. Is, this, this is the week. Yeah, this is the week, and um, we're looking. I'm fired up for college football Saturday. Mm-hmm. So, time to get into the NFL, baby. Gritty. Let's go. So, <laughs> Bengals win one game. Um, <laughs> hey, but you're gonna wear it because <laughs> it was against the Titans. It was against the Titans. Yeah. Five one Titans come in, they get their ass kicked. Um, <sighs> K. Morick had a very depressing day with that. He had him on suicide. Yeah, what the fuck? Yeah, that's what you wow. get. But like, I didn't know you had I'm Monsui. sorry, but that's a good suicide pick. Obviously not. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, would anyone have said, like, hey, you shouldn't take the Titans? No way, I'm taking yeah. them 100%. Yeah, any Bengal fan And then you're all going to be that. fucking done. Well, if you're down to how many teams did you They're have literally to pick only from? The, you know? Oh, I couldn't do Chiefs. Sorry to pick Chiefs. Right, exactly. Bengals would have been a better pick. You would be so high. Nobody's picking the Bengals. Nobody's picking the Bengals. I was so close, too. Only two teams left now. The only two teams left in two suicide. Two left in suicide. So, um, so Ryan Fleming pops Dave yeah, Yates. Yeah, wow. so they're both on the Chiefs. Moving on. Um, let's start with the Steelers. Last undefeated team. They won a close one um, against the Ravens. That was a very um, hard-fought game. Uh, me and Mac watched the whole thing together. Um, initial thoughts, Mac? Um, I think the Ravens lost that game. I don't think we won that game. I 100%. I, yep. Not even that. I think Lamar I think Jackson a, lost that game. Exactly. Wow. I don't even blame the whole Ravens offense. I think that Lamar Jackson single-handedly lost that game for the Ravens. The Ravens out-physicaled them on both sides of the ball. Yep. Offensive line, defense line, out-physicaled Pittsburgh all day. And Lamar was the reason they lost. They we threw had, a pick six. Well, we had 240 yards had, in total offense. He had three turnovers. He had three turnovers. Yeah. Turnovers, yeah. He was the reason that they lost that game. Yeah. But Pittsburgh... Good teams find a way to win. Yeah. Regardless of Absolutely. how you play, I thought, like I said, I thought the Ravens controlled the game and controlled the ball yeah. and the line of scrimmage, and Lamar was the reason they lost. Yeah, their their D line was playing outstanding. I mean, I don't think Connor had a over ten yard run and, in the and, first half. And this was one of my calls from early in the season. Patrick Queen is such a dude. He's a good player. He yeah. is all over the yeah. football. He's a good player. He is really good. And I think both these teams, there's a. They might meet again. I mean, there no, is, they're, they're both making the playoffs. They're going to play again, obviously, in regular season. Yeah. But um, 
Now Lamar's getting exposed. I mean, he is getting exposed. Give give credit where credit's due. Steelers win the ball game. They find a way to get it done. Nitty gritty again. Um, I said on the podcast last week, most complete team. And I also said if they beat the Ravens, they're the best team in the NFL. I'm ready to say it. They're the best team in the NFL. I'm not there. I'm not there. I'm of course. Still, I have the Chiefs still. I mean, until you knock off Super Bowl champs. I think I'm with you. Yeah. I think I'm with you. I don't think we're the best team. I think we are the most well-rounded team. But going Probably up the against the, going up against the Chiefs, sure. they just have more firepower, dude. But and then well, yeah, Lamar. I mean, let's get if that game's at where it's at with the Chiefs, you guys lose that game. Mahomes goes down, and scores a touchdown. Lamar just was not good yeah. enough to do it. Yeah, because they were on the twenty yard line with ten seconds left to win that game. Right, and they couldn't get in the end zone. Which credit to the defense. Yeah, and I, I mean. I'm taking the rivalry factor into effect here. Um, I think that Baltimore always plays us tough, no matter yeah. whether it's at home or in Baltimore. Inter, crazy stat going division. into crazy stat going into that game. Both of us had 971 points scored. That's crazy. 971 points scored. That's crazy. So All Pittsburgh time. remains undefeated. Last undefeated team. Um, they're good. They're a really good football team. Uh, they're going to move that way this week, and they play Dallas. We'll get into that yeah. in a bit. Uh, moving on. Tua, Tua time in, De- in uh, Miami. They knock off the Rams kind of in spite of him. He didn't really do shit. 92 right. yards. Yeah. Not 100 yards passing. Yeah, 92 yards. They scored. They had the trifecta of scoring, defense, offense, and special teams uh, to beat the Rams, which is huge. We'll talk about that in the competition, which me and Mac had the Dolphins win that game. Uh, initial thoughts from Tua. What do you guys got on that? Is it too early to tell? Too early. It's too early. Too to tell. early for me. He, you just—he didn't have to do anything to get the job done. Like I said, his special teams and defense did the work for him. So, I mean, he made—you know—he made some okay throws. He hit open receivers, but he didn't make any throws that he had to make late in the game. So it's too early to tell. Yeah, I agree. I uh, think they played a a subpar golf. A terrible yeah, golf. Yeah, a, sub, a subpar golf. Fucking awful. Yeah. He he wasn't very good. Yeah. Um, but I mean, Jerry's still out on Tua. I mean, I'll give him you know a pass on this game. Right, but you talk. I mean, you, you you go watch Burrow and you go watch Herbert's first games; they were better. But I get it. Two is coming off a big injury. He hasn't played football. It's not in even a the injury; time. it's just the team in general. They 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 blew out a Rams team without having an offense, and that's just the that's just the way the game goes. Yeah. We'll see this week, and then we'll you see just this game week. manage and you run the ball. That's they just how a, the game goes. They have a tough game this week. We'll get into, but uh, regardless, good to see him out in the field after a tough injury yep. he had last year. Yep. Um, and then let's go to the NFC West. That division's just beating each other up. The Rams go down. Um, Cardinals bye. Cardinals had a bye. And then you had the big matchup with San Francisco traveling to Seattle. Um, Seattle pulls away from that game. Um, they look like the class of that division still. I've been saying it all year. They're the real deal. DK Metcalf looked like a monster. Um, San Francisco woes continue with injuries. Uh, they lose a bunch of guys again. Yeah. Um, what do you guys have on Seattle in this game? Uh, I think that was expected, at least for me. Um, I think, I think San Francisco has. They're just down. They're down. I'm not expecting them to win. I'm not expecting them to be great this year. You know, I'm. I, I expected Seattle to dominate that game. You yeah. Know? I did too. I mean, just with the fact that Seattle's coming off a loss. San Francisco's win, like winning emotional games all over the country. Yeah, like they just traveled New England. Yeah, they went somewhere else before the week before that. And I think you touch. I think you touched on that last episode that uh, Russ is not winning or losing two in a row. He's not. Yeah, he's, he's not. Not the quarterback. And that to do offense. So. And it's just a matter of 
you know, that offense is going to put up points. I don't think San Francisco had the offense to match them. Um, and it showed. I mean, Jimmy came out of the game and Mullins looked okay, but Seattle's a real team. They're they're going to be the real deal, and they're going to be the, they're the class of that division. Yeah, and that's nothing against the Niners because I think they compete if they're at full strength. But they're not, and they're not yeah. going to be the rest of the year. Yeah, like yeah. they pretty much. So it's time to it's time to kind of take a chill on. Well, we're going to get Niners. into that. We're going to get yeah. into that in our next segment. Um, and lastly, from the week, we had the Bills pull away in the AFC East. Uh, Bill Belichick loses again, like three in a row, like the first time since like 2002 or something like that. He, yeah. Or four in a row. That's what it was. Wow. Four in a row since first time since 02. Cam fumbles on the game or game tying drive. Heartbreaking, man. Uh, Bills just looked okay. That division's not very good. The Bills yeah. are gonna win it, but yeah. they're not. I don't think they're a very good football team. Any takeaways from this game? I mean, I'm gonna we're gonna talk about both teams in a in a segment in a minute. Um, just not very impressed with either team. That's my takeaway. Yeah. All yeah. right. So news that was kind of the storylines from this past week. Uh, we got a new segment called Panic or Chill. So it's teams that are on the edge coming off a couple tough games. Uh, might need to reevaluate them. You know, we said real or fake earlier in the season. So uh, these teams coming with high expectations. Um, we're not even going to include the NFC East because it's just a dumpster fire and those teams are all just terrible. Yeah. We all know that. The, the fact these that we had to watch that on Monday Night Football. Gross. Ridiculous. No, Sunday night. It was disgusting. It was disgusting. Eagles, night? Eagles, Cowboys with the yeah. e- Carson Wentz is like, why is he playing so bad? Why is he still playing? It's well, yeah. Jalen Hurts, you drafted Let him. Jalen Hurts, see what you get out of him. I mean, you pay Carson Wentz, he needs to play, but he needs to play better. Like, good God, where are you going? I get it, you don't have Hurts and Alshon Jeffrey and whatever, but good players. Russell Wilson on that team is going to get it done. Yeah, I'm sorry, and he's, he yeah. gets compared to guys like that, so he needs to get it done. Yeah. So, the NFC East is a dumpster fire. We're not going to get into that, but this segment's about teams that were either started off really well and have had some tough games or losing. Are they contenders? Are they do they? Is it time for them to push the pace? Trade trade deadline? Do they need to make a move? These are the teams we're going to talk well, about. Well, trade deadline passed today. We had nothing, nothing really, nothing serious. huge. Yeah, nothing serious happened. Um, let's start with Morgs Niners. Yeah, panic or chill? I mean, at, at this point, it's 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 past panic. It's it's almost chill. Like we're we we're so like last week was a must win in my yeah. opinion. We're, we we just lost our quarterback. We just lost George Kittle. Best player. Like it's traded, almost like traded away Quan Alexander. There's no there's no point of even panicking at this point because we've already basically given up the season. That, yeah. That's where I'm at with the Niners. Um, the trade of Quan Alexander really showed to me that okay, we're just trying to get draft picks because he was such a big piece of our defense last year. I was not happy with that trade. I'm really upset with the DeForest Buckner trade that we made early last year. Armstead's done nothing. Um, DeForest Buckner's thriving in Indianapolis on the Colts. Kin- Kinlaw's terrible. Kinlaw's not terrible. He just uh, doesn't have the support from a great rusher on the outside. He, has, like, he just doesn't show he's up. He's not terrible. Not it's terrible. He doesn't show up. Greenlaw's... Greenlaw's the, great. Greenlaw's doing a good job. Fred Warner's great. He had a great. terrible game on Sunday. <laughs> the route he took to tackle Mac- Metcalf on that 40-yard touchdown pass. <laughs> sure. Greenlaw. How about a banana route one time? Long <laughs> yeah. story short, like, yeah. with, for the Niners, for me personally, it's, it's not even a panic anymore. It's Gruden's... Or, um, Lynch is just getting draft picks for Greenlaw. We're just we're basically looking forward to next year getting Garoppolo and Kittle healthy. Well, I I agree completely with that. I think the Niners have entered a chill mode. I think losing Kittle is the end of that. You're not panicking anymore. You're just yeah. cutting the losses. Get Garoppolo healthy. See what you get out of him towards well, the end of the season. He might get two games in and then You know uh, what I, I know. think? I think that 
Cam Newton could end up being a Niner next year. No. Uh, it's going to be that's not a, Matt that's not Ryan a or, or Aaron Rodgers. Not Rodgers ain't going to the Niners. Rodgers is going to the Niners. Yeah, begging. Yeah, but I think they I think they definitely entered a chill mode. Just it's a chill mode now. Through. Like I said, it's, it's, it's either Kirk Cousins or Matt Ryan that's quarterback in the, of the not Niners next year. If if it was not Cousins, if the Niners that's who Shanahan's guy, if Garoppolo and Killer are both healthy, I would say panic and every game is me exactly. must win and we'd still be competing. Yep. But now they're both down. We traded with Quan. They've officially gone into chill mode. Yeah, yeah, they're close through. It just and I've been saying it from the beginning, and Kim Morgan's gonna say I'm a hater for it, but teams that lose in the Super Bowl the next year struggle. It has nothing to do with that. Yeah, hundred percent. I don't agree with that. Yeah, hundred percent. Because yeah, you have the injuries, but that's part of it. Like last year, you didn't injuries have the injuries. Are so separate from what's going on. No, but they aren't because and, you guys didn't have the injuries last year. Everything went right last year with a good team, a very talented team. Things go wrong the next year. Like, that's just the but history just, of football. But just because you make a Super Bowl does not mean the next year you're going to be bad. That doesn't make look, any sense. According to the history of football, it does. It doesn't make sense. Look at the history of it. It does. The Chiefs are thriving. Like They won the Super Bowl. Okay. Like, if that's a different story if you win the Super Bowl or if you lose the Super Bowl. Regardless, th- we're completely injury-ridden injury, injury ridden this year. Yeah. Let's move on. Yeah, I... Well... Uh, let's talk about it a little bit more. One thing I want to touch on is... The Niners had nothing for people to figure out on offense. It was a very basic, straightforward offense, and I thought their defense was really good. I think if they they still had those guys healthy on defense, I think they're a contender. I think they're right up there with Seattle to win that division. Of course. Yeah. Of course, the talent's through the roof. But full strength. Yeah, yeah. but I, I, that's, that's what I'm saying. I don't think that Super Bowl Blues is a thing going into this year for the Niners. It's yeah. just a superstition. That's like, going, that's like going back to the Madden but cover. It, okay. You know? But you got to look at the whole picture, okay? When your team is built the way it is, if you have any kind of injuries, it hurts them. Because you are winning in spite of your quarterback, not because of your quarterback. Whereas Russell Wilson can deal with not having Chris Carson for a week, still pull up 35 points. Because he's the reason they're winning. Whereas the Niners, they need... And I'll take it back. When Andy Dalton was on the Bengals and they had all those good pieces around them, they were winning in spite of Andy Dalton, not because of Andy Dalton. The Niners were winning last year because they were so damn talented on both sides of the ball for 11 on 11 on both sides of the ball. And Garoppolo was arguably the worst player on both sides of the ball. You could say the running back possibly, but or maybe a receiver, but they were winning because Shanahan was a genius on offense. They had an extraordinary run game because the offensive line was – Unbelievable, and the defense was not giving up more than ten points a game. Yeah. Now you take a couple of those pieces away and say, Jimmy, go win us some games. He's just not that guy. That's not the type of quarterback he is. No, I agree with that. He's hurt. I agree with that. But you're still healthy. He's not I, that guy. I'm still he's hurt. You're still focusing. But if he's healthy, he's but not I, that I still, guy. I still feel like you're focusing. I still feel like you're focusing prone. on the wrong side of the ball here. I mean, you take the Steelers last year going eight and eight with a slouch of a QB two and a QB three. With decent weapons in your offense, weapons that are getting it done this year, you still win with a good defense. But you still if, compete if, with a good defense I guess, if I mean, you I, had your players. I understand what both of you are saying. Yeah. And like I said, the final point is if the Niners were fully healthy on defense, we'd we would still compete even with Nick Mullins at of quarterback. Course. And that's and that's what Cody's point yeah. is. And I and I understand that. But like I said, we've we've gone through the Garoppolo ranks. We don't need to go over it again. He's a middle of the pack quarterback. We've talked about it maybe you know, he 10, 10 to system. 15, and yeah. that's fine. We don't need him to anything else. But So decisions going to come down on Garoppolo after this year. We'll talk about that later. Different time for 
that's a different topic for a different time. Um, let's move on. Next team, the Rams. They're coming off a big loss in Miami. Terrible loss. Bad loss. And to the Niners the week before. And the Niners the week before. Well, no, sorry, two weeks before. They, they had a good win against the Bears. That's right. Yes. So panic or chill with the Rams. Mac, what do you think? Hard to say. Hard to say. I th- I think I'm I think I'm hitting the panic button because you don't want to lose to teams like the Dolphins and a hurt Niners team, even though you're expecting the Niners to play good against you. Um, but it's hard it's hard to say because they're they're beating good teams at times. Yeah, yeah they're, they're, they're super good inconsistent. Teams, but the the losses to the Dolphins scare me. Yeah, they're really inconsistent. A loss to the Dolphins scare me. I I think they need to panic just because the NFC West is so competitive. They'll lose to a Niner team. And like I said, the Niners are still going to compete with teams mm-hmm. the rest of the year. They're not going to be any slouch because we still have good players. Right. But they're still going to have to play the Cardinals yeah. twice. I don't think they play the Cardinals. They, they still have to play the Seahawks twice. twice. Yeah. So it's time to panic. And it's time to figure it out, in my yeah. opinion. They need to really figure out what's going on. You yeah. don't lose to a Dolphins team that, from an AFC East that is not very strong at all. I'm going to go chill with them. I've been on the Rams for a while. I think. Did you watch Goff play? He was bad. He had a he had a he had a bad game. It was but, like beyond bad to the point where it's just like, this is not this is not golf. But they'll you snipe know? they'll snipe, they'll win one of those games against Seattle and Arizona. They won't yeah, go on they four. Will. They will. They won't go on four in those. Um, I don't see them finishing better than third in the conference, or in their division, I should say. Um, but that could be the third wild card team. So I'm gonna chill on them. I think they're okay still. But I understand the reason for panic. I'm right. not off that. Yeah. Uh, next team on the on the docket, we have the Bills. Coming off a win, but they do not look good. Right. They barely beat a Jets team the week before. I'm in pure panic mode with the Bills. Really? Uh, they're not they they might win the division, but they had aspirations of like Super Bowl. Like push the Chiefs. That's why I'm with you too. They're not there. I'm 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 full panic on the Chiefs or the Bills, I mean. They're they're a team that high aspirations. They go back to back wins that don't look good at all and they get blown out they're by not the convincing Titans. Wins. And they got blown yeah. out by the Titans. Yeah. You know, they're they need to figure it out. They need to fast. They yeah. need to figure it out very fast. They might win the division still. So like I said, they should win the division still. But so. the better teams are beating yes. the Jets by a lot. They're beating the, the Niners just blew out the Patriots. Like, yes, come on. I agree. They Bills are in panic mode. They need to figure it out now. Yeah. Mac? No, I'm with you guys. I think the only thing that would make it a chill factor for me is, yeah, you go, you go play a New England team that is well-coached, but... It's just not a convincing win. It's not a convincing win at all right. against uh, offenseless New England Patriots. You know? Gotcha. Uh, moving on, Patriots, the next team we're going to talk about. Full panic. Not, Full panic. Season's done. Full panic. I don't think there's even any yeah. way to talk about it. Did anything have anything to add on that? No. I mean, it's 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 panic, but they're kind of in that same 49ers category where it's like they're so far gone. It's like, do yeah, we right. even need to even right. – do they even need to panic Poor at this Cam. point? He didn't – he kind of bet on himself this year and he's not going to get paid now. It sucks. Yeah. He's going to yeah. have to go be a backup somewhere. Yep. So, sucks. Um, Patriots toast. Next one is the Titans. Titans coming off two straight losses. Um, I'm okay on the Titans. I'm chilling on the Titans. You think they're chill? They're fine. I haven't gone there. I think I'm – I think I'm panicked for the Titans. I think if you play smash mouth football against them and you get a touch at the line against Henry. But we didn't. We we gave one twenty to him in a touchdown. Because he's getting his touches. There's no yeah. breakaway runs in there, there or anything like that. You're forcing Tannehill to throw the ball and he makes mistakes. The problem with them is not their offense, it's their defense. They're the worst third down defense in football. Their pass yeah. rush is really good. They can't get I to think the that was touched on during that game as we well. We had four 
brand new offensive lineman in that game. Yeah, I was going to say against a Bengals offensive line that you should expose. I called that. Zero touches on Burrow, zero sack. So, but I'll get into it a little bit. Titans are my absolute lock to run through this week in this game. So, what do, what do you have? Chill or panic with them, K-Mark? I think I think the Titans have a level to be concerned. And like like we talked about, it's the pass rush. The pass rush, pass rush Agreed. absolutely concerns me. Clowny it's say for what it is. Up. I know you're a Bengal fan, but for a team that has been running, you know, we're doing very well. You lose back to back games, and again, a one win Bengal team, you you take that loss. That's not a good look. Yeah, it's no, just it, not a good on look. On the road, I, I, I don't think the it's panic. Bengals are not bad though. No, they're they're I can't they're competitive. Them, but they're yeah, a competitive, competitive football team. Like I said, I think you should be concerned, and I think. The trade that they made was a really good trade to help them out on the defensive yeah, side of the ball. They, Desmond yeah. King for a six-round yeah. pick, cut, I think that's huge they're value. They're cutting Vic Beasley tomorrow. They cut Jonathan Joseph a corner. Like Vrabel's like, he'll get it right. Yeah, yeah and like I said, I think I think that's I think that's concern from Vrabel. I don't think it's panic, and yeah. I think they're making good moves yeah, to are. address that. So yeah. I think they're doing a good job. Okay, uh, next is the Browns. What do you have on the Browns, Kim Morgan? Um, the Browns are... Well, like I personally didn't have high expectations for them, so they They're are what they the are. Third wild card right now, so they need to panic and figure it out. Then. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Because for a team that I think they were five and two going into this week, like if you're now five and three, you lose to a Raiders team who's a good Raiders team, but you were you were at home, so a lot of people had them winning that game. I think it's time to panic and figure it out. I think you panic as well. I'm not high on the Browns. I think they have some some key injuries there, but what'd you get? A hundred yards of offense out of Baker Mayfield? I get it. It's it's a weather game, but still, it was a weather game. But still, Aaron Rodgers has have no no problem throwing the ball in in Green but Bay. No one it's expects like, Baker to be Aaron Rodgers. And, I understand. Yeah, and that's no, why I was kind of like a hundred yards of offense is not going to get it. It's done. not, and you know why? Because if they're going to win games, there's here's what I'll say. Like obviously, I don't like the Browns. I hate them. Blah blah blah. But it's full panic because they should have lost three straight. The only reason they beat the Bengals, they threw a touchdown with 10 seconds left. Yeah. Like, they should have lost that game. That would have been three straight losses in pure panic because they yeah. got blown up by the Steelers. They should have lost to the Bengals. They lose this game in a weather game. And that's what that team needs to be is a weather team. Good pass rush, good running game. Obviously, they don't have Chubb. Getting Chubb back is going to be huge for them. But Baker's not going to win the weather game. And they didn't run the ball. They scored six points. On the day? I mean, the Raiders didn't run the ball very well either. No, but yeah. but that's what the Raiders team... Those teams are very similar to me. Yeah. The Raiders and the Browns. I agree. And you lose that game to them. I, It's pure panic. I think the Browns, like Blaine mentioned earlier, they go on a downfall from here on out. Yeah. Anything yeah. different on that? No. No. Panic. It's panic. Yeah, I think full panic. Uh, next is the Packers. Packers lose um, their second game of the year to the Dalvin Cook Vikings. Dalvin one, Cook went berserk. One win Vikings team. One win. Yeah. Um, I'm fine on the Packers. Yeah, they're, they're chill. chill. Out. They're fine. I mean, a little disappointing they didn't make a move at the deadline right. to get another receiver, but yeah, they're fine. I'm gonna it, use I'm gonna use K Morg's word again. Concerned. I think I, I think they could have went out and got a piece, but I think they're just I think they're good enough. I'm not even concerned know? with the fact that division games, no matter what division it is, those are rivalry games where. You're gonna you're gonna lose one. You're not yeah. gonna go undefeated in division most of the yeah. time. And I think I think we saw what Minnesota was capable of at the start of the season. It's still a good it's, roster. It's, yeah. it's, Vikings have been the most underachieving team of all. <laughs> yeah. Agreed. It is a hundred percent. Yeah. Are you? What are you on this? I'm 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 concerned. Yeah. To panic almost for the Packers yeah. only like they're in a good situation still. 
Um, but I mean, now the Bears are only one game behind them. So it's kind of like, okay, we need to push the tempo. They made no move of the tra- trade deadline. So I have a big problem with that when you need another receiver. Yeah, you need a And piece. beyond yeah. that, my bigger concern is Rodgers is throwing the ball fine. It's, that's not the problem. Problem is, their two losses, they've been getting absolutely run on. Run on. Like, so run on. Like, the Bucks, Ronald Jones ran all over them. The, the Obviously, Dalvin Cook went for over 100 with four touchdowns. Yeah. Like, ran all over them. And you don't go out and help that. And then the yeah. NFC Championship game last year against the 49ers. Mostert ran all over them. Yeah. Like, you, you don't go out and correct these mistakes. Yeah, I think no, that is. I think that's an area here. of concern. Yeah. There's. We talk about ways to beat teams. There's a hundred percent a way to beat the Packers right Agreed. now. And, yeah, I, and I think. I think they didn't address that at the trade deadline. Yeah. And from what it sounds like, it's not Lafleur that doesn't want to make the move. It sounds like the general management, upper management, isn't making the moves. Right. So I. I, I Which doesn't make any fucking sense. I don't get to it. Me. Yeah. I don't get it because, like I said, this isn't anything new. Like they got ran on last year. They like, could be the best team in the NFC. Yeah. No, for sure. They could be. They I th- were at one I, point. They still can be. I'm not going to panic on them yet. I'm I'm all right they, with them. They, I just said, like, the Quan Alexander goes to the Saints. I think if they if the Packers would have got Quan Alexander, he's, you know, he's good in the run. He's not phenomenal in the run, but he's great at, at pass coverage, too. Like, he's a great all-around linebacker. And, I think that would have been a really good piece for them. And there was receivers for, for them available. Oh, there's plenty of receivers that yeah. are open. But not anymore. So, trade deadline pass. I'm okay on the Packers. I'm not as where you guys are at Concerned. yet. Concerned okay. yeah. is where I'm at. Um, next, we have the Bears. Full panic by me. They're bad. They like, are bad. Fucking awful bad. They're competitive, though. Because their defense keeps them in the game. <laughs> yeah, like, that's <laughs> Nick Foles is terrible. Yeah. Like, terrible. They got down and kicked a field goal to go to overtime, but at no point was I scared that the Saints were going to lose that game. We were sitting there watching that like, game, and we were like, Let's get this over with. Yeah, I, I had yeah. bears like in our little game, so I was like praying, like give me those bears so hard. What do you guys starting with the ball that game too? It's like or yeah. in OT is like all right, I know this game's over. What do you guys got? Uh, I got full panic as well. Um, Nick Foles doesn't look good at all. I think they're sticking in games just solely based on their defense. It's full panic. Full it panic. is full panic, yeah. and I think they're one loss away from getting to that chill point where it's just like. Let's cut our fucking losses. Well, they have too many wins to do that. I know. Like that's it's they're kind of the same boat as the Browns with me. It's like I didn't expect them to have as many wins as they have. Yeah. So like it's hard to determine whether or not like, (laughs) like technically (laughs) they're still a wild card team right now. So I'm kind of like like, on the fence with them. So I mean, yeah. I mean, I'd say you're panicked because you need to keep winning. You know what I mean? If you want to stay in like this wild card. You know, because they're only one game behind the backers now. Yeah. So it's like if you want to stay in the hunt, or maybe they're two now. I think they might have four losses now. No, they're they have they're, three. Yeah. So they're they're, they're still, half a game. There's still plenty they're in half, the they're hunt. They're five and three. They're half a game behind the Packers. Yeah. So I mean, like I said, I think it's panic just because you need to keep winning ball games, and they've showed against better teams. They can't. Win. Saints, Rams, they're not getting it done on the offensive side of the ball, so they just need to figure it out. But I'm a big Dick Nick guy, so. He's terrible. They get back to I know you hate him, but no, don't give it back to Trubisky. I think so. Trubisky's so much no, worse. I think so. Trubisky's so much worse, CY. You don't. I'm telling you, I think Nick Foles has at least won some ball games. You know? Yeah, well, off the bench. He can't win fucking come starting. <laughs> He's a reliever. Um, last team on here is the Ravens coming off a loss to the Steelers. Um, they've been kind of showing some fatigue lately. Okay, Morgan, we'll start with you with the Ravens. Ravens are chill. Like, this is actually my first chill of the entire day. Um, they're still a great football team. Their two losses are Chiefs and Chiefs and Steelers, two of the best teams that we said are 
one and two and you can flip flop for the best team in the NFL. Lamar Jackson, you know, didn't play his best ball game, but the defense still looked great. Um, both offensive and both offense and defensive side of the ball uh, lines, you know, were pretty much well intact in that game. Um, unfortunate, they lose their left tackle, Ronnie Staley, their day left tackle, who they just paid. Broken who's, ankle. Broken yeah, who's a big piece of that, you know, offensive line, obviously. So yeah. I think, you know, that's something that we'll see how the run game goes next week. But for the most part, they're still a great football team. Like, they're they're still in that ball game. I think they're they're fine. It's Matt. just Lamar Jackson needs to tighten it up. Yeah, I think th- I think they're chilling. Um, I think that late in the Steelers game against them, you know what Lamar's going to do with the ball. I mean, the coaching staff doesn't even trust him to make a throw. You know, right. it's fourth and two, and he's going to drop back and then run up the middle. It's like you understand what you're getting out of him. I would like to. I mean, at least for this upcoming week, I'd like to see him sling the ball a little bit. Yeah, I, I mean, I mean, they don't they don't really need to. Really, do we see the Ravens really losing games going forward? No, like yeah, we'll still exactly. Pick up. So I'm, you don't you don't need to blow guys out. This might surprise you, but I'm chilling the Ravens. Yeah, I think I think they're going to concede the division. They're not. I don't think they're going to win the division. Yeah. The Steelers kind of have. I that. think it. I think it said a lot for Edwards and J.K. Dobbins to just absolutely go off against they're, our defense. They're going to well. be fine. Yeah. They're going to be fine. Yeah. They're they're a good, very talented, well rounded team. Yeah, Lamar is needs to play better though. He has to play better. So yeah. um, that's our Chiller Panic team of the week. We'll update that in a few weeks. All right, time for our Big Nuts Player of the Week. We'll start with Max since he's been gone. Who's your Big Nuts Player of the Week this week? Yeah, I'm going to go on uh, the defensive side of the ball for the Steelers. Oh. Yeah, Spillane. Oh, that's your yeah. guy, dude. He jumped in his DMs last dude, week. inside linebacker. <laughs> I mean, playing against the Ravens, two forced fumbles and a pick six. Yeah. I mean, with the victory. No bigger game. Second start of his career. He stuffed Henry the week before and almost blew his shit out. Stuffed Henry. <laughs> yeah. He got fucking Mac rock hard. He had, to, he had to jump in his DMs because he was so... That fires me up. <laughs> I, I was all over it last week when you weren't here. Trust that me, I was all over that. Up. All right. Big Nuts yeah. Play of the Week, Spillane. K. Morgan? Uh, big Nuts Play of the Week for me is going to be Matt Ryan. Oh. So, okay. yeah, interesting because I picked the Panthers. I've been on the Panthers and he proved me wrong. You know what? He threw the ball all over the... All over the field. He, Julio had over 100 again with no touchdowns again on fantasy. Mo, interesting fact. He has the most 100-yard games without a touchdown in NFL history. Wow. Julio Jones. That's just what he does. But whatever. He's still a phenomenal receiver. But Matt Ryan's my big nuts player of the week. He, you know what? People keep talking trade rumors. They're talking rebuild in Atlanta. And he comes out and wins a ball game in division game on the road yeah. in the rain. So, Matt Ryan. All right. So, I have two big nuts player of the weeks. And one just came in right now, but I'm going to start with Dalvin Cook. Okay, Dalvin Cook went absolutely berserk against the Packers, four total touchdowns. Yeah, went crazy. Played against him in fantasy, and he <laughs> almost single-handedly beat me. I ended up winning because my team How many just points did he have? 45. 45, yeah. Crazy. 45 points. He went berserk, 50-yard touchdown pass catch that he just went through like six defenders on. No, he went dude. berserk. Yeah. Uh, my second one just came in right now. Former Auburn football coach Tommy Tuberville wins the Senate for the state of Alabama tonight. <laughs> so he, he now holds the Senate chair. So, That's so big nuts. War Eagle. War, War Eagle. Tommy Tuberville, dude. And so former coach, man. Just just grinding. You know, he's just getting his his uh 
Just a leader. Just yeah. a born leader. Just getting his staff just fired up. Just getting ready to run through a brick wall and win this election tonight. I just have so. no comment on that. <laughs> so, Taking the state of scripts. Alabama only cares about football. <laughs> How like, sick is obviously. that? Obviously. They don't care about There's no way else. a Bama fan voted for him, right? <laughs> yeah. Nick Saban, honestly, would like, he'd blow, he'd blow Obvi- Tuberville out. Obviously he all. would. But, An Auburn guy, too. Yeah. But like, Nick Saban could literally win like, any state in the South, I think, at this point. So, two big nuts players a week. <laughs> nice. Um, update on our competition. This was a great week for me. Um, I took the lead. I had eight points. I am now up 38 um, to Ryan and Kevin, who have 37. So, I took Whoa. a one-point lead. I'll have to uh, take a look at those numbers. Yeah, you I can take I had a, a better week than that. Um, I had a great week, though. Big move for me. Yeah, me and Split, Matt can't upset. Splitting up the win for the Rams and the lock for the Dolphins. See, and I had the Dolphins on both. Yeah. And that's what got me the extra point. Because yeah. me and Mac both had a very good week because you had the Steelers, I had the Ravens. Yes. Um, Blaine's taking the trail at 30. Um, but now it's a dogfight. It's a one point. It separates first place. Um, so here we got to get into it now. We have five really good matchups this week. Um, we'll start with the Seahawks at the Bills. Mac, who do you got? Seahawks. Okay. Seahawks. I mean, we just touched on being in a little bit of a panic for the Bills. They're coming off of two unconvincing wins. Right. And that's just not going to get it done against the Seahawks. The Seahawks. Okay. Yeah. Okay, Morgan. Seahawks. Bills aren't playing well. Yeah. Got it. I'm with the Seahawks as well. Um, and it's not a sweep. Blaine's lone wolf in it with the Bills. Oh, my god! Blaine is trying to make up some ground, yeah. I'm guessing. Yep. So, I'm guessing. It's the only thing. You- <laughs> yeah. So Blaine's on the Bills. The rest of us are on the Seahawks. Yeah. Next, we have the Bears at the Titans. Um, Bears coming off a loss. Titans coming off two losses. Um, Bears coming off two two losses, actually, too. Mm-hmm. Um, Kate Moore, who do you got? I have Titans at home. Like I said, neither team is playing great. They're both coming off two losses, but... I trust Tannehill a little bit more than Nick Foles. Blaine's also with the Titans. Yeah. I'm clean sweep with the Titans. Yep. K-Mori or uh, Mackey with the Titans yep. as well. I think this is actually one of my locks. Not my lock, but I think this is going to be an easy W for the Titans. Yeah. Um, next, we have the Ravens at the Colts. B is taking the Colts at home. I'm going to take the Ravens. I think Lamar bounces back. I think this is a game they win. I'm going Ravens. Mac, who you got? Ravens. Ravens. Yes, Ravens also. I think their defense is going to be all over the field. I think, I mean, you expect, what, two, three picks out of Rivers? Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. You know? Col- Colts had an explosive day on offense, put up like plus 40 in that last game. Yeah. I don't see that happening against the Ravens. Nope. Ravens have a really good defense. Lamar bounces back. Ravens get it done. So, Blaine's again. Lone Wolf. He needs it, though. Good yeah, for him. He it's either he's going to be out about by a bunch good or not. For him. Um, next, we have the Dolphins at the Cardinals. Dolphins, surprising. They're turning into a good football team. Um, I'm going to take the Cardinals. I've been on the Cardinals all year. I think they're very good. They're coming off a bye, they're rested. Dolphins have an emotional win with Tua starting. Yeah. They don't get those defensive touchdowns this week. Murray has a big day. Yeah. I'm going Cardinals. I'm also going Cardinals. I Like we touched on earlier in this episode, I just don't think there's enough to go off of on Tua yet. If he's going to start this game, there's just not enough that's convincing me to pick them. Cardinals sneaky good defense. Top five defense in the NFL. Yeah. Um, Buda Baker's a dude. If it wasn't for Aaron O'Donnell... Aaron Donald, he would be defense player of the year, possibly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. K. Moore, who do you got? 
I'm on the Cardinals. Cardinals right. at home. They have the better team, better defense. I, I think this is the game where, I I mean, I'm, I, I'm not a big Tua guy. I think the Cardinals defense is going to give it to Tua. Because, Blaine, because I don't think the Dolphins defense is going to give it to their offense. You know right. I mean? yeah. so, I'm yeah. with you. Yeah. Blaine's also on the Cardinals. So we have a clean sweep on that yeah. one. Nice. Um, last game of the five. Divisional game. Second time this team play each other. Saints at Bucks. They played week one. The Saints won week one. Um, that was one of our games we picked week one, and I was on it. Um, Matt, who do you like in this game? I'm going to take the Bucks. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to take the Bucks. Uh, Saints going into overtime against the Bears. Scary. Right. Scary. I think the I think the Bucks are only getting better. Um, I think we're starting to finally see that uh, that connection of old come together as well. Close Gronk, game though Gronk on and, Monday night against Gronk the Giants. And T. Brady. It was a close game. It was close a good game. It was a close game, but Godwin's out. You only have Evans. Godwin might be back this week. Godwin might be Antonio back. Antonio Brown week. is going to play this AB's week. He's going to be in this game. You know, it's just the firepower is there now. All right. You know, it's there. And, okay, Morgan. And he's connecting with Gronk. So, yeah, I've got uh, I've got the Bucks as well. Saints, like I said, they're not playing good football. Michael Thomas, who knows when he's ever coming back? Yeah, um, their that corner got their, their corner got punched in the face. Yeah. I think the Bucks win this game, and Antonio Brown scores a touchdown. Blaine is on the Saints. He would be. Blaine's on the Saints. <laughs> um, in most cases, I would be on the Saints as well, but it went to me, my kind of recipe is two good division teams, they just split. So Saints won the game one. I have the Bucks winning at home. The home teams win. Yeah. I'm going to take the Bucks in this game as well. So um, Blaine's really the only one that's – he can make a move. He can make a wolf. He can make a move. So um, now it's time for our locks. Um Blaine's going with the Steelers as lock. Mac, who you got? Yeah, I'm going to take the Steelers as well. I mean, they're going against the Dallas. Yeah, Steelers. I mean, come on, Steelers. <laughs> I'm going Steelers. On. Cowboys might not score a point <laughs> yeah, in this game. I literally, literally did not have the Steelers. Danucci might die. I didn't have the Steelers. I thought Dalton's in the play. I was like, ah, maybe there's a chance. So I was like, anything not to pick Dalton's the Steelers. Not playing. But Dalton's COVID. So I was like, <laughs> Danucci's going to die. Give me the Steelers. I'll take the Steelers. Anyone else you like as a lock? Maybe Chiefs. Not, not in for the game. Chiefs. I think they beat the Panthers at home. Yeah. I think the Chiefs are just that good. Yeah. They're they're that fucking good. The Chiefs are. And I mean, there's a good football team, but you just are. think Chiefs are. The Chiefs are just so yeah, good. Yeah, I get that. So other one, Texans, Jags at, yeah, on the road, but Minshew's not even playing for the Jags. No, it's a rookie. Yeah, it's a rookie. So it's a rookie. Yeah, it's the Danucci effect. Like they have been playing Texans better. Texans are going to win that game. Texans already beat them. That's the only Texans win. Texans have been playing better. Yeah, they are. Yeah. That's my point. It's like yeah. free money at that yeah. point yeah. for the Texans. All right, so upset. Who's your upset? Uh, we'll start with you, K. Morg. Oh, who do you got? I got Monday Night Football. The Jets beat the Patriots. Whoa. Are you serious? Five straight for Belichick? You think he's going to lose five straight? I, th- I just, that locker room right now, like, they're not in a good place. I think Belichick's, not that he's making excuses, but he already, he was talking about the salary cap I and, like, that. all that stuff. Like, I'm sorry, like, that's not a good sign when Belichick's saying stuff like that. You know, like, he's like, oh, we've, we've been a dynasty for so long. This is bound to happen. I get that. Sam Darnold's playing good football. The Jets put up a decent game against the Bills two weeks ago. Like, give me some Jets here. Seven points at home. Nice. Right. Nice. Um, Matt, who do you got? I'm going to take the Niners over the Packers. My fucking dog. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I'm going to take the Niners over the Packers. I still think they have... Backup they, QB, I love They it. have something there. Some and Mullins is not a pushover, dude. <laughs> no, Mullins is not a slot. He doesn't have Kittle, though. <laughs> he doesn't have Kittle, but he's going to feed the tight end, whoever it is. Dwelly. Yeah. Yeah, rookie. Yeah. No, I think that... I think that if if they do win this game, I think it's 
full panic mode for the Packers. Uh, full panic mode. You must love the under then too, right? Mm. <laughs> B is going to double up with the Saints. He's going to take the Saints at the Bucks. Yeah. Um, which I get. Which I get for sure. Yeah. Um, all right. My upset of the week is going to be the Lions over the Vikings. Vikings coming off a big win. Lions coming off a big loss. I think the Lions can win this divisional game. Um, so you're I think back it'll on be Patricia? No, but <laughs> just the one of the week, I guess. I don't know. Sure. So I have the Lions this week for my upset. So competition's getting close. B can make some heavy room this week. Or he can be down a bazillion. A bazillion. And he's driving somewhere. So that is our locks and our upset as long with our picks. Suicide, we're all out. Yeah. Suicide, I'm officially out. I mean, like I said, I think a good pick, because obviously I'm sure at this point you pick Chiefs, you probably pick Steelers. Um, I said my sneaky one, Texans. I like the Texans here. Texans are going to get that win. Yeah, that's a great pick. That's something that's going to get done. Yeah, that's a great pick. Um, Now it's time for our fantasy segment. By the way, our fantasy league is absolutely berserk. Crazy. We, like, one through six is just nonsense. Yeah, and I'm part of that nonsense. And I put up 130 the week before. And then I put me. up 60 yeah. next week. That I bounced right. back with 120, and I beat. I win by seven. And I had to play the Eagles defense. who had that fumble recovery. Can we talk about that for a second? How was that ruled a touchdown? Hey, I had Eagles minus 10 and a half, so... <laughs> I, it was a touchdown. And it should have been <laughs> a damn touchdown. Eagles um, minus 10. And Dalvin Cook had to weather that, but yeah. I survived Tom Brady and Ronald Jones on Monday night to win. Yeah. Uh, Metcalf saved me. Metcalf. Was a dude. A dude. Rogers a dude. <laughs> yeah. Um, Gio Bernard plugged in. Yeah. But uh, let's get to B. Ramix. So let's recap week eight. He's clear up. Clear eyes, full heart. Can't lose players. He had Carson Wentz. He's predicted 286 and two with 44 rushing yards. Actual stat line is 123, two touchdowns. 17 rush yards. He sucks. He's Peter terrible. Uh, he had Le'Veon Bell. <laughs> He's had 120 yards and one touchdown. Actual stat line, 38 total yards. He sucks. And a fumble. Yeah. Uh, yeah a fumble. Nice revenge game against the Jets. Yeah. Uh, receiver, he had Cooper Cup. He said 10 and 122 with a touchdown. He actually had 11 for 110. He had 21 targets in that game. Unbelievable how many targets yeah. Cooper Cup had. Uh, tight end, Darren Waller. He said six with six receptions for 77 yards and a touchdown. He actually had five receptions for 28 yards. His tight end streak continues. It's terrible. Um, defense, he had the Rams defense. They He predicted four sacks, an uh, interception, a touchdown. They actually had one sack and two forced fumbles. So he had a rough week. Miranick had a rough week. So let's see if he bounces back this week. Um, this week, his quarterback is Derek Carr. He predicts 305, two touchdowns. He likes this matchup. I think it's going to be a shootout. Hmm. Um, Chargers, right? Yeah, they put the Chargers this week in L.A. I can see it. Uh, running back, he has Chase Edmonds. He predicts 120 with one touchdown. He thinks it's a great flex play with no Kenyon Drake in there. Mm-hmm. Um, receiver, he has Julio Jones. I know, I know, K. Morgan's gonna like that. He that. says nine for 117 with a touchdown. Maybe no Ridley in that game. He got banged up. Probably go for like 150 with no touchdown. Yeah, More that's that's his thing. Yeah. Um, tight end, he has Kelsey. He, he says touchdowns. Eight receptions, 72 yards, and one touchdown. I know that gets Mac fired up. Yeah. Uh, halfway through the season, he still can't call a tight end. Didn't want to call Kelsey because it's obvious, but want to see if my tight end curse is the real thing. So good luck, Mac. Thanks. So he actually calls you out. <laughs> Thanks for so that. So he's going to say Kelsey to see what he's got on it. Uh, defense, he has Houston Texans. Um, I don't know why. <laughs> His words, I don't know who the fuck is starting for QB at, for Jacksonville. They suck anyways. So, yeah, start Texans. I actually picked up and I plugged in for my defense this week, who I got ridiculed by Rudy Ramick for stealing his guy. Um, so that is our fantasy segment. 
for B. Raymick um, with the matchup. So time to get into our weekly gambling picks. Um, last week, I had a bad week. Uh, I lost the teaser and I lost the parlay. I think we all had a bad Sunday. But won my straight bet with the nine with the Seattle over the Niners, which I said lay some units on it. Um, and I actually would have switched the over in the Cleveland Raider game because the weather was so bad. Right. We didn't have that information on Tuesday. Yeah. So moving on this week, I got a new week. Um, my straight bet is Tennessee minus six. I think they blow out the Bears. I think this is a bounce back game. I think. Henry goes crazy. I don't th- think they have any answer for the Titans. I like the Titans here. Um, my teaser, I'm going to give you the Chiefs. So tease from 11 to 5 in that game. The Texans, as K-Borg mentioned earlier, tease it from 6.5 to a half a point as mm-hmm. a pretty much a pick Um I like the Patriots, actually, to tease from 7 to a, 1 point. And then I like the over in the Bucks and the Saints at 52. Tease that down. To 46 as the uh, four-team teaser. Uh, parlay, three-team parlay. I like Tampa again in that. Four minus four and a half. I think they win that game. And I think they win by a touchdown. Um, Baltimore minus three. I think they beat the Colts. They bounce back big. I don't think they lose two in a row. And I actually like the Cardinals minus four and a half over Miami. So that's the three-team teaser. Hopefully, you know, that was only second week of the year where I haven't hit at least two out of three on there. So... Those are the bets of the week. Keep rocking with me. Me and Kate Morgan are giving good picks on college and NFL side. If you we like Saturday was phenomenal betting day for me. Like yeah. UFC as well, right? UFC yeah. college like had a great day. Ohio State, Cincinnati. Like I can name these teams that we did well. Sunday, fucking travesty. <laughs> we we mentioned like all the upsets and stuff, but like Titans. Packers, yeah, like these are easy ones. You just throw into a parlay just for you know, yeah. just to get some value out of it on a parlay. But like, just absolutely ruined my day. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely ruined my life. The the Packers losing that game was rough for yeah, a lot that's of That's in people. every parlay. Everyone's everyone. So regardless, we're gonna bounce back this week. We got college games with Kim Ward. Yeah, follow my my picks. Stay we're on gonna it. rock with it. So those are the gambling picks of the week. All right, now it's time for the movie review with the film Doctor K Morg. Um, we lost an absolute legend to the film industry this week, Sean Connery. Um, I know K. Morgan has some stuff to say about Sean Connery, um, and we're going to review one of his movies, which is actually our favorite movie. Um, but I'll hand it over to K. Morgan and kind of let him speak his thoughts on the passing of a legend. Yeah, so tough day. Obviously, you know, a lot of people have seen on our Instagram, things like that. But Sean Connery passed away at the age of 90. Um, notably what he's most famous for is a lot of people know him for is he was the first James Bond so you know the very first James Bond to go on screen it came from you know book to screen and Sean Connery was the first one for the job interesting enough Ian Fleming the original author of James Bond was not too thrilled originally at first about Sean Connery because a couple things one Bond's character is supposed to be like refined well-educated kind of from a wealthy upbringing where sean connery is also he came from a working class background very middle class um background also james bond's also british where sean connery is scottish so a couple you know obviously caveats into the um original casting of bond but once he saw him on screen he introduced himself he knew that sean connery was the right choice for the film and sean connery is you know a legend Legend. An absolute legend. Yeah. We're talking, you know, the Bond movies, you know, what we're going to go into, A League of Extraordinary Men. Love it. Um, so he's a legend, even from, you know, the early, you know, 70s up until his passing to where he, you know, 
The Rock, which is the movie we're going to talk about today, um, which was in the early 2000s that was made. So, And that's one of my, one of my things with uh, Sean Connery as well as some of these other guys is – it's very sad because we, when we grew up, we're, we're younger. We see these guys as old men. Mm-hmm. And now they were old when we were young. And now as we grow older, now they're passing. Yeah. And they were such big legends to the film industry, to acting, to just being dudes. Yeah. At degenerates. Like, Sean Connery was just banging bitches all over the place. Like, oh, of course. Just an absolute dude. But he was an old guy that when we were accent, little. accent? Are you kidding me? Yeah. Smashing. When we were little, he was old. So, I mean, you know, it's not surprising. The guy was 90 years old. Mm-hmm. But the films he's made is just. Well, he was like one of those guys. It was like he was just such a legend. I mean, The Rock was one of his last movies in the 96. But it was like he's such a legend. It's like this guy's never going to die. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like he he was in his 70s in The Rock or late 60s, early 70s in The Rock. And he was still such a badass. Yeah. And you're like, this guy is never going to die. Yeah. You don't even you didn't even think of that. Like when he died, I was like, holy shit, Sean Connery's dead. Right. Yeah, exactly. He's At one of those 90, living legends where like, it's like you never think they're going to pass. Yeah. Like yeah. they're invincible. Yeah. Uh, my favorite Sean Connery memory is not even Sean Connery. The Celebrity Jeopardy. Oh, yeah. Where they, they go as Sean Connery is when the, the impersonation of him and just the way – that's literally my favorite. Just the womanizing asshole. Just <laughs> just giving Alex Trebek, Trebek, played by Will Ferrell, so much shit. Just crushing Trebek. Yeah. And it's so well done and yeah. it's so like – you know, I, I know it kind of like – it's not – it's it's honoring him. It really is. Yeah, of course. Like of course, like uh, from a male watching it, you're just cracking up because because one of the funniest all of the jokes about women and Trebek's mom and wife and whatnot. You know what I mean? It's just so funny. It's so like it's in good humor. It you is. You know what I mean? You can't take that in a wrong way. He's that's just a great memory of Sean Connery. I'll have. I'll always have. I'll show that clip to my kids. Like oh, of course. It was so funny and so good. But let's get into an actual Sean Connery movie and. Our favorite, you know, we decided to do our favorite Sean Connery movie. Um, I know the Bonds are very popular with him, um, as well as he did a bunch of really good movies Mm -hmm. throughout his time. The Untouchables. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So, but my favorite, as well as the group, is uh, The Rock. Mm -hmm. Nicolas Cage. um, Star-studded cast. Oh, you can go on and on. Nicolas Cage, Ed Harris, John Spencer, David Morris, I mean... Directed by Michael Bay, yeah, you know yeah. I mean, most known for you know the Transformer trilogies and all that. But this, in my opinion, is Michael Bay's best movie. You know, it doesn't have you know the the this, Transformers. You know, one and two were okay when we were kids growing up. Then they get kind of outrageous. But the special effects, this movie, yeah, you know, it's, no CGI. Yeah, you're you know what yeah. you got in this movie. It was it was a phenomenal cast. You had great action involved in it. The dialogue was great. This is by far Michael Bay's best movie. Yeah, so. Just the the whole premise of this movie mm-hmm. and the idea behind it is so unbelievable. Yeah, so I'll get into it. So really the idea is Nicolas Cage is a biochemist for the FBI. He is very good at any kind of nuclear warheads, defusing any kind of bombs, things like that. So basically Ed Harris is a you know general. He's a war hero. He was in Vietnam, Desert Storm. Basically he is frustrated with how the U.S. Army and the military and just kind of the United States in general doesn't recognize some of the men that have died on some of these special missions that he's gone on. So he's frustrated and he kind of plays this anti-hero role because he is such a hero. That's what I talk about. General Hummel, he's you know been to Vietnam. He's 
got you know four purple hearts they say medical congressional honor like he's just decorated war hero but he's a patriot and what he believes in is that and i think we can all get behind that you know what you want these men that have died in combat to get their recognition right so you kind of understand his cause of course he kind of goes you know a a rogue way of about it you know um he so then he and his you know, team that he builds together, take The Rock, also known as Alcatraz. Alcatraz, yeah. Who he takes about 81 hostages. He has four rockets that um, have coordinates to blow up basically all of San Francisco. And it's a, you know, like I said, kind of like a bio, bio, you know, nuclear warhead that will basically melt your skin. And, you know, Nicolas Cage goes into what is doing it so well they show that in the one of the opening scenes yes. when that that one little, of them bursts yeah little bubbles burst mm-hmm. in the room with that guy and he's trapped and it's like and you're like oh shit his skin's you like melting fuck yeah. around with these things <laughs> yeah so basically like these warheads basically he says i want um a hundred million dollars sent to my trust fund i'm going to distribute it out to my fallen men you know that have died on these covert missions that you guys don't recognize and then i will distribute you know however else i see later on yeah. so um that's kind of the you know the plot like i said it's it's an anti-hero character that ed harris plays it's um like i said you're kind of like behind it but of course he's also threatening to kill millions of people in san francisco but long story short the u.s government devises this plan that okay what are we obviously going to do about this right so let's bring in you know america's great biochemist bomb diffuser nicholas cage okay cool he's gonna help the navy seal team um, you know, diffuse the weapons, okay? Then they're thinking, okay, how are we going to get into Alcatraz? Okay, Alcatraz is historically known as a prison that is completely unescapable. No one in the history of the world has ever escaped Alcatraz, and that's actually a fact. So, but of course, there's the underground society and world of the government that we nobody knows about, though even we don't know about, where Sean Connery, of course, has escaped this yeah. so-called prison. So, he's a He's a criminal. He's been in prison for essentially his whole life, as they talk about. He's escaped a few of their prisons, one of them being Alcatraz, which is the unscapable prison. So they decide, okay, we need to know the ins and outs of Alcatraz. So they bring him in. They talk to him. I'll say, okay, how are we, you know, show us the map. Show us how we get in here. And Sean Connery's like, well, I don't really know about these maps. Like, he's like, I'll, I'll, know, I'll know the tunnels when I see them. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. Like, you're not going anywhere. He's like... Well, I don't know how else to help you. Like, I have to go. And the Navy SEALs are like, all right, I guess we got to bring him. And then the same same kind of thing happens with Nicolas Cage. They're like, okay, well, we don't know how to defuse this bomb. You have to come with us. Nicolas Cage is not a field agent by any means. He's kind of this – he plays like this nerdy role that he, you know – Wants no part of that. Wants no part. He's so timid. He's like freaking out the whole time. Um, We're going to get into kind of the dynamic between the two characters later, but it is a great – great movie so obviously they go to the rock alcatraz to defuse these bombs and you know try to overtake the military that is holding these so citizens hostage in the city of san francisco hostage yeah. so great movie that's essentially the plot highly recommended by all of us um see why you mentioned that this is one of your you know favorite movies your best connery movie what do you really like about this movie um the the star power is obviously through the roof mm-hmm. the premise of the movie where Ed Harris is a bad guy, but like you said, it's not like a full bad guy. And just the power of the little balls, whatever they're, you want to call them, the nuclear. <laughs> no, it's deadly. Yeah, yeah just it's how like deadly. the scene where Nicolas Cage is like trying to transfer them. Oh, it's just how they're dangling. dangling. And they're dangling. Yeah. dangling and they're like, like oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> and then you get like so much wisdom from Sean Connery throughout the movie where even that scene where they give him a haircut in the beginning. Yeah. And he just like 
throws a guy over the, the balcony and he almost kills him. But yeah. it's like, he's such an OG. And Nicolas Cage is so, like, kind of, like, scared. Like, mm-hmm. never been in that side of, like, the war. Um, and then you get, like, Ed Harris, like, also having his, like, tactical defenses. Yeah. Holding down Alcatraz, you know, where he has his men, like, he's a armed. general, yeah. Yeah, he, he has them ready to go. Um, Great concept. No, I'm with you. But, like, Sean Connery versus Ed Harris is just too, like, bulls going head. Yeah. yeah. Head, so, a little bit, yeah, I, I talked a lot about Ed Harris's character, but Sean Connery's character is really cool, too, because he's kind of this character is really mysterious. They don't tell you exactly who he is or what he's done until later in the movie, but really, he, he, he's basically a British spy. That was kind of what he was. He was able to infiltrate the U.S.'s, you know, systems, and he was able to uncover, like, tons of information. Like, who really killed JFK was, like, the one they always talk yeah. about, or Nicolas Cage's famous line, like, hey, babe, do you want to know who killed JFK? So, like, he, he, he learns all of these secrets, and basically he ends up getting captured by the U.S. government, and they hold him against his will for, you know— 50 some odd years because he would not end up giving the information right right he, never, he was never able to he never gave up the information so they held him against his will against trial he was basically he basically didn't exist in the system right. but they needed him because he is the only one to ever escape alcatraz yeah so, they had to have him but he's such a great movie and i'm with you cy so that's really the character i'll get into a couple of things that you touched on so the acting in the movie like you said ed harris like okay sean connery will i want to get into some of his quotes in his dialogue because he's fucking brilliant in this movie um but ed harris in this movie was so fucking great he was awesome in this he was movie. i think he plays a great antagonist i think he was the one honestly like name a better war general than ed harris in this movie no, he's really good like I, you, you're supposed to dislike him and his marines and obviously for what they're doing I mean, again what mel gibson and braveheart say the, <laughs> I mean, that's a top. <laughs> sure, but, sure. Ed Harris, you know, Tom Hanks and Saving Private Ryan. Yeah, you, know, yeah. you have some good characters. Ed yeah. Harris in this movie, like he's not even in a war, but like honestly, like you almost behind him and his men. There's a scene like when they're talking about what they're doing, and he's talking about like why they're doing and stuff like that. I'm literally watching this movie. Like I'm will die for Ed Harris. Listen, he was like he's talking. About, he's like he's like George Washington, Abraham Lincoln, Thomas Jefferson. They were considered, you know, terrorists at one point in their career. Now they're patriots. You know what I mean? Like going into this whole spiel. It's convincing. And everything. And I'm like, oh, my God, yeah. this guy is incredible. Yeah. And, then, and then there's a scene in the showers where the Navy SEALs come up through the showers drain. And Ed Harris is yelling down, stand down. And then like yeah. the Navy SEAL captain, we will not stand down. That's my, and they're that going awesome. back and forth. I love yeah. that scene. Oh, my God. That scene, little, I'm having chills thinking about that scene right now. He's like, stand down. We will not. And they're going back and forth on patriotism and kind of why they're doing it and the navy seals are like you all took an oath yeah, like they're going what's back right what's wrong oh yeah. god it was, fires me up yeah. like such a great scene but ed That's, harris yeah oh god that, that i mean even nicholas cage like he's so good in this movie mm-hmm. this i love nicholas cage and he has a lot of good roles this might be my favorite role of his nicholas cage really? is one of those actors like he's such a joke <laughs> like i love nicholas you know what cage. i mean like i know a lot of people like there's he you know the national treasures are good but yeah like, name another guy who can steal a declaration of independence yeah, and break sure. into alcatraz against a war general okay he sean <laughs> connery's the one that broke an alcatraz i mean nicholas cage is along for the ride but then also <laughs> take what is it 55 cars in one night in 24 hours at the most elite cars go. and it's gone in 60 seconds yeah. sit under rubble in 9-11 come <laughs> yeah. on world trade center god come anyway on. so nicholas cage sure he's done some okay movies this is for sure his best role like this was his most believable role in my opinion too I like he played a really good biochemist he was yeah. him and connery's kind of 
you know rapport that they had together the dialogue with the two of them yeah it it worked yeah like it, you wouldn't think sean connery and nicholas cage in a room together going into alcatraz trying to yeah. do what they did would work right but it totally worked it, like the sarcasm yeah. between nicholas the nerdy sarcasm for nicholas cage with the like almost like swag sarcasm and like badassness of sean connery like and the two of them it just worked we're like connery's the leader and nicholas cage is like help me dude like i don't want to die it totally worked yeah that's that's the two of them that's literally what i see this movie as when i when i go through this movie and i've seen it plenty of times you you have you have a spineless nicholas cage you know trying to find his courage yeah you know and he's just like learning throughout this movie um from sean connery and you know this guy's got ice in his veins isn't afraid of anything you know just get can get out of any situation he finds himself in and you know by the end of the movie nicholas cage is what you would consider a badass in this movie yeah kind of finds his kind of finds his you know kind of finds his way throughout it when he shoots the rocket at the soldier yeah Yeah. do you like elton john just overkill fuck no i don't like no elton john he's like do you like rocket man because that's you and then i will say you know it's a sean connery day but i love this movie it's one of my favorites but not even my favorite nicholas cage movie hmm Conair is by far. You love Conair, but you love Conair. Shout out Sean Connery, absolutely. The guy's a legend. You know, pay tributes to. um, Yeah, no, it's it's his. It's Connery makes the movie for me. So Connery does a great job. We'll get into that in a minute. But the action, like I said, it's a Michael Bay movie, so you know you're gonna get the action. So there was tons of one of my favorite ones. I don't know if you guys feel the same way, but there's a scene where they basically get into the tunnel. And they're, they're like oh, trapped. The fiery, yeah. wait, the fiery tunnel? Yeah. So yeah. they're like trapped in this room. Like, there's no fucking way out. And yeah. they're like, all right, well, how did you get it? He's like, how'd you get in here? Well, he's like, through there. And they just show this like little slit of like room. It's and they're like, like, it's like a two by And the guy's two. like, yeah. all right, one fire puff and you're dead. He's like, he's like, how the hell did you get through there? He's like, I memorized the timing. And he's like, I, and he's like, smirks, like, I just hope they haven't changed in the last 30 years. Uh. <laughs> Just calm, yeah, just totally calm. calm. And yeah. then he puts he puts over like his like beanie mask over his face. He's like, "Well, see ya." And he just starts doing these like roll like time spins. Roll, stop, roll, roll, yeah, stop. And everyone's like stop, watching roll. him like, "What the fuck yeah. is going on?" Just a dude. Yeah. And then he's and then oh, one of the best scenes opens the door and then he just goes, "Welcome to the Rock." <laughs> yeah, yeah. So fucking oh, that's, sweet. Yeah, just, they welcome could've, to the they Rock. They could have put the title that late in the movie and I would have been like this is lit yeah, oh, this yeah. is absolutely oh, lit oh yeah and the other best scene I said is the shower scene that we were talking about the shower scene is one of my favorites just yeah. going nuts but yeah that's one of my the favorites. other thing about the movie is like I, it's it's very well paced where I feel like the climax was like an hour long like the very first yeah. half of the movie was a lot of build up but right. once they're on the rock I swear to god I'm like oh my god it's just I can't breathe all time. Yeah. I can't breathe yeah. like it was it was great agreed so, agreed so I want to end it on some of the best Connery lines that he said. You already talked about Celebrity Jeopardy, kind of the, his sarcasm and his womanizing, the things he says that's so fucking funny yeah. to me. Um, so basically in one of the scenes, one of the cooler scenes, so Sean Connery shoots like an air conditioning vent over a guy, falls on the guy's head. He's di- He dies, of course, smashes the guy's face open. They get to the rocket. Nicolas Cage is trying to disarm the rocket and take the chips. And Nicolas Cage is like, panicking because he sees the guy's leg twitching he's like you've been a lot around around a lot of corpses yeah and he's like yeah he's like is that normal with the leg twitch and he's like yeah that's pretty normal and then nicholas cage goes well i'm having a hard time concentrating can you do something about that and sean connery goes like what kill him again <laughs> <laughs> <So good. laughs> 
like, what, kill him again? So good. And then um, they're just like, Nicolas Cage, you know, he's all timid, like, what the hell's going on? Yeah. And he's like asking, you know, like, oh, like, how do you feel about this? And Sean Connery goes, well, it's certainly more enjoyable than my average day, reading philosophy, ag- avoiding gangbang rape in the shower rooms. He says, though it's less of a problem these days, maybe I'm losing my sex appeal. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. I remember that one. And then the last one is my personal favorite. So he goes like, they're like talking like, hey, like all the all the other seals have died. Like it's just you and me. Like, are you ready to do this? And he's like, he, and then Nicholas is like, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna give you my best. I'm gonna do my best. And Sean Connery goes, your best. Losers always whine about their best. Winners go home and fuck the prom queen. <laughs> <laughs> so good, so good. Sean Connery and, then, and Nicholas Cage was like, Celia was a, was the prom queen, like his wife. And then Sean Connery's like, really? <laughs> <laughs> like, but like it was so sarcastic, yeah. but so fucking great. But and he's just so level-headed throughout the whole movie. Yeah, just, calm. And that's how his career was as an actor. Oh, Bond. Yeah. Yeah, just he was just slapping ass, just killing a cool villains. guy, yeah. chill. Um, R.I.P. to the goat. Um, yeah, I mean, just an accent that people tried to do forever. Just a recognizable voice. You guys have yeah. a good Connery. I did not have a good Connery. No. Welcome to the Rock, <laughs> something like that, you know. But <laughs> yeah, well, like I said, like this one, we kind of went rogue for the movie review. We wanted to pay shout out to um, Sean Connery. We'll probably get back on the Instagram for you guys to vote something. Uh, we had a great time doing all the horror movies, so yeah. we'll probably get back into something for you guys to vote on. But appreciate as always the follow, the likes, and reviews. That's yeah. the film review with the film doctor K Moore. Thanks again for listening. Um, one episode this week. We appreciate everyone listening to both episodes. We get a lot of feedback. Um, a lot of audience participation so uh, keep doing it we love you guys thank you Uh, we're out